0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howe. And this is Toys by Chance. The show where we come in. I'll talk all things movies, TV, streaming, other random stuff, <laughs> and uh, we have a movie of the week. And usually we have a poll come out, but every now and then we go, uh, we go, we go, bro. We go on our own. And this week we decided to decided to do that because, as we found out a few weeks earlier, Russell had never seen a Monty Python film. So we decided to go rogue on our own and go visit the Monty Python comedy classic, uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So I'm very, I'm very curious to get your thoughts on that film. But for, we have our other segment first, first which is trailer talk. Uh, so first we're talking about right now is the trailer for uh, Dream Horse. So Dream Horse is apparently based on a true story, which... I mean, so many horse movies based on a true story. Like, How many how many really notable horses are there? You got Seabiscuit, Secretariat, and I guess this one. What was this one called? Dream something?
1: Yeah. yeah. D- dream horse. I don't, don't know. It's not
0: called Dream horse. It's called something dream. else. No, I know that. Uh, dream
1: something. Dream
0: something. Whatever. Couldn't tell. So apparent, couldn't tell you. Apparently, some town in England just went all in on a horse and then trained that horse to race. I don't know how the story went. I don't, I don't follow horse racing because I'm, I'm not crazy, but... Not to say you're crazy. You follow horse racing. It's a weird sport to follow, but regardless, um, Russell, what do you think of the? Tra- oh, by the way, the trailer uh, stars Tony. The movie stars Tony Collette and Damian Lewis. Uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Dream Horse?
1: Sure. I mean, more
0: than
1: <laughs> I mean let's let's sure. let's do it. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. That I mean, but like, keeping a horse super expensive, though. You know, you have you have to feed them, and you have to pay. You know. You got a lot of a lot of stuff with all that, you know. So, um, yeah.
0: We, so I, we, I guess we you, need you to, have to get we a huge need to consult, group of people in there. We need to consult a horse expert for one for the, for reviewing one of these movies. We we absolutely do. I am
1: going to Google. I'm going to Google this real fast. How much money
0: does it take? How much does it Just take to cat- uh, keep a horse? Yeah.
1: No, just for like a racing horse. Racing horse would be more money. I would assume that. I would assume that. Okay, so so, even beyond the initial price of purchasing a horse, which on average is $60,000 and can quickly rise to seven figures, the expenses for maintaining and training a competitive racehorse is about $55,000 a year.
0: Imagine dropping over a million dollars on a horse.
1: This thing got to win, man
0: you got at that point you have to win
1: well i mean you get the guys that are in it now like you look at the perennial powerhouses that are usually in horse racing cuz i do follow up you know right around you know Kentucky Derby Preakness Belmont for the for the Triple Crown chase cuz that's always fun to watch but you notice the same people are the people that always have money for their horses obviously they're already wealthy they have like uh, three or four plus horses in in, in the runnings so this is kind of crazy to see that, like, these people would all go in. I mean, that's a lot of money even for, you know, somebody who's not well-to-do.
0: No, it to, is. To it do is. all that.
1: Not only buy the horse and then on top of it maintain it. That's that's a
0: ton. Yeah, well, I mean, this this town apparently has a ton of available income. This town in the middle of butt fucking nowhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who needs fast food? We can go all in on a, on a horse.
0: <laughs> Who needs that extra coffee in the morning when you can, when I can go buy a horse? Well, we're gonna put it toward we're gonna put it towards a horse fun can you find the release date for this film because I currently do not have it in front of me
1: it says spring of 2020 that's right they didn't, didn't
0: give us one so no personal release yeah. so no official release date but expect this spring 2020 and expect this to be on like lifetime or something because this feels like this feels like me that will play on lifetime doesn't it or like Hallmark
1: yeah they should use a the tag they should use the tagline galloping in theaters across
0: the you know across the United
1: States spring of 2020
0: uh, uh, okay so yeah uh, <laughs> uh, we next, did that yeah we did, we, we did that we, we went there we did uh next year we're talking about is the trailer for Run. so is it run or runs run right
1: it's just called Run, yeah. Okay, yeah. I
0: didn't know if it was Run or Ran. But I like, ran the Kurosawa film. Uh, so, Run is the follow-up film by Anish Chiganti. He directed Searching in 2018, which... I mean, I was really a really big fan of I don't know how you feel about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. It's a
0: fantastic film. So, yeah. You and I are both really big on 2018 Searching. Um, but... Yeah. Yeah, this is this is follow-up movie. This one does not take place on a computer screen, much the end of many of us. But regardless, this stars Sarah Paulson... And some other woman who's an unknown, I don't know this actress, probably hasn't done probably hasn't done a whole lot. But uh yeah, so it involves around uh, this homeschool teenager, uh, who she suspects her mother, Sarah Paulson, is keeping secrets from her. It seems like a, it seems like it's gonna be like just the two of them throughout this whole film, which seems maybe that's gonna be his thing now. He makes these movies that's like very isolated. Like if they remake Castaway, I guarantee this is the guy that's gonna do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's more intimate, though. I mean, it I, g- I get that. Is. It's more—it's more intimate. You're easier to bond with characters because there's not a whole lot going on, you know.
0: Yeah. So, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Run? Yeah, liked Run. it a lot. Really. I did too.
1: I, I really did. Um, it, it has that thriller-esque feel to it, just like how Searching was. Um, a little bit, obviously, a lot different, though. But um, definitely something that's going to hold my attention. Really looking forward to this film. Uh, I, I like the trailer a lot.
0: No, yeah, I did too. I think that this movie looks, I think it looks really interesting. Movies like this, where it's like a, surrounded in like this big mystery that a uh, character just doesn't know, re- always really intrigued me. I always want to figure out what's going on. Uh, so it's kind of like yeah. with searching and kind of like the same thing with it. I remember that movie, Everything, Everything? This feels like the horror version of that, where like the girl can't go yeah. outside and spoiler, for, spoiler yeah. for everything, everything. We find out at the end of the movie, like, the mom was just lying to her the whole time. Yeah, she was just being a bad parent. I'm just like, what sense does any of this make?
1: Yeah, I was like, I was just like, so like, what a cop out. What what a like a, what a dumb way to like explain that.
0: Yeah, she made it up. She made it up. Uh, so stupid. Yeah, but this movie so dumb. So dumb. This movie is set for a release May eighth, twenty twenty. So it'll be one of, I guess, one of the flagship films of the summer. Well, not the actually, yeah, cool well, because one of the first big ones to come out. And problem. I, mean, I mean, say big in an operative sense because it's not really like a big movie, but it's, it'll, it'll be, I'm assuming it'll be counter programmed to whatever else is coming out that weekend. Because have Black Widow coming out May 1st, the weekend before. I wonder what this one's opening. Mm-hmm. I wonder what this one's opening against. Let me see if I can find out. Because usually, like with films like this, you have you have released against something else It's like counter programmed. Okay, so it's opening alongside. Actually, no, this is, this is like the follow up big movie. And it's coming out the same. Oh, okay. Uh, coming currently, the only thing around the same level. I don't even think this is close. Uh, it's uh, set to open against the personal history. of David Copperfield, the Armando Iannucci film with Dev Patel. You know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, the movie doesn't look that too too good. It's,
0: I mean, I don't know. It's, it's gotten yeah. great reviews out of the festivals. It's been. Is in. it really? Yes, and I'm just like, eh. his last yeah. movie. His last movie was yeah. like really really great. I I love Death of Stalin, and I also love his work on Veep. So. I'm looking forward to that one. But yeah, May 8th, looking like a great weekend. And I forgot to mention, it uh, looks like Dream Horse has a date for May 1st, opening opposite Black Widow. So watch, yeah, your, back, Scar- yeah, a- watch your back, Scarlett Johansson. The Dream Horse coming Seriously? for Seriously? <laughs> uh, nay, nay. <laughs> so next show we're talking about this and it is an interesting one because Russell and I both recently saw Sonic the Hedgehog. And we know we said we'd do a, a podcast review of it because it looked... I did the first trailer, because it looked like a dumpster fire, but we saw it and we're just like, I mean, we could do a review on it, but probably not going to do it like right away because it's not, it's not as bad as we thought it was going to be. So, no, I, if, I
1: mean, if, if if it was like as advertised, the very first trailer, absolutely, been all over it for sure. But with the touch ups they did, I mean, it was just, it's a, eh, I mean, it's something for sure. We'll we'll, we'll take a look at down the road.
0: Oh, hundred uh, percent. But. Uh in front of that movie, I'm not sure if you got this one. I saw a trailer for a movie called I, R- For Rumble. Yeah, you saw it? Yep, yep. Okay, yep. for a movie called Rumble. Now, Rumble is a monster wrestling film which is clearly co-financed by the WWE. I mean, it's yes, uh, it is I would, obvious. Yeah. And I think I think Roman Reigns is even in this film if I'm not mistaken.
1: Wouldn't be surprised.
0: Yeah, so uh, we saw this, and it looks like for a monster wrestling movie. But that's, not the, but that's not the reason it was weird. The weird thing about this film, it doesn't come out till next oh, yeah.
1: year. Yeah, that's the first thing I saw. I was like, oh, this will come out in the summer. Then it said, coming 2021. Why the hell would you put out a trailer for it why, now?
0: Why does this movie need like a whole
1: year's worth of hype? literally i mean it's crazy and it was kind of funny because like as i was thinking it 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 was funny because like the the main character i'm like oh they probably got like somebody like seth rogan to do the voice sure as shit i hear seth rogan i'm like not a
0: surprise that's that's actually not seth rogan that's not seth rogan
1: is it not that sounded a lot like seth
0: rogan it's will arnett it's not seth rogan
1: oh okay never mind then never mind (laughs) Uh, i am wrong but uh, it, I, it was. It sounds like something that he would do, though. Totally would do. I don't think he'd do something. Um, like
0: I don't think he'd do something like it because, like, you look at like Seth Rogen's like you know, filmography. He he's actually like really like it, it's underrated how good he is at picking projects. I mean, he has his missteps every now and then, but overall, like, he his batting average is actually pretty high.
1: I just thought this was something that he would like. Like, this would be a tip. This would be something that I. I could totally see him doing it in, in the realm of animation. I mean, I'm sure, I,
0: mean, I could uh, see him doing it. Cause he has like a voice that would fit something like this, but they got the second best thing, which is Will Arnett. And my second best thing. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I mean, Will Arnett kind the, of the only, hurt. the only
1: choice, the only,
0: <laughs> only other choice, uh, but co-starring alongside him, uh, Terry Cruz as tentacular, the shark headed tentacle monster wrestler. Yeah. That's a thing. couldn't call him, couldn't call him Bruce. So you got to go with tentacular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was right, Roman Reigns is in this movie. Well, there and, you go. As well as uh, Becky Lynch, and uh, who else? Tony John D- Cena. John, John Cena is not in this film, as far as we know. Uh, wow, Tony Dan Tony Danz is going to be in this movie, which, I mean, where, what is he doing oh, nowadays? Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, kids, you remember you remember Who's the Boss? <laughs> remember Angels
1: in the Out film? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> wow, that's and, crazy. And
0: also featuring my favorite... Broadcaster uh, in sports today, Stephen A. Smith. Like I, I love that guy. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> for every reason that I should not like that guy. God damn it, he's funny, and he also actually does a bit of acting. Like he's on some soap operas that my mom watches. It's it's kind of weird to see him to see him see him on him. But either way, yeah. Uh, Rumble, get hyped because the movie's telling you that it's, you have a whole year to get hyped for Rumble when it comes out in January 2021. Oh yeah. Uh, And last trailer we're talking about, which is easily the most talkable one that we have right now, uh, is the trailer for the new 2020 version of Candyman. So Candyman is a sequel to the 1992 film. It's a direct sequel, so it's going to pull a Halloween. It's going to pull a Terminator 6. And uh, what what other sequels ignored the two previous installments? Er Uh, The the most notable
1: one's Halloween.
0: Yeah, that's the most notable. I'm sure there's others, but I can't. Think of any right now, uh, but oh, Super Returns turns as, as another one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this takes this is a direct sequel to the 1992 film, and this is actually well, because Russell, you and I, you and I have discussed this film not at length because we haven't reviewed it yet, but uh, we discussed. Yeah. It. You and I are big kind of on opposite spectrums. You not you're not as big on the original Candyman as I am because I really, really did the original Candyman.
1: You know what? I, I watched it a handful of um, Halloween's ago. Right around October, I always start my binge-watching of scary movies. Um, it was one that I hadn't seen at the time, and I watched it. I mean, it was, it was, it was okay. Um, I, I don't see the hype on it, of course. you got to understand that there's so many other horror movies that I've seen, and I grew up with, like, you know, obviously Nightmare on Elm Street, and obviously, like, Halloween and you know Friday the 13th. I mean, that's, we've talked at length about that. But um, this is just one where I just was like, yeah. I mean, it's okay. It's a good one. But it's, it's not... I, I don't know. Yeah, we are opposite ends of the spectrum. All we right? are, But it's cause... something I definitely will revisit for the uh, for the sequel for sure.
0: See, I actually saw the trailer. I revisited this movie last night because I wanted to see just like how much it's going to connect to the original Candyman. And it turns out a whole lot okay. because uh, this movie revolves around an artist played by Yaya Abdul-Mateen II who has an obsession with Candyman. And he has some connection to the original. And it wasn't until I rewatched the original that I realized there's a, there's a whole plot point in the movie where the Candyman, Tony Todd... He takes a baby and as kind of bartered uh, to get Virginia Madsen to do what he wants. Now Yahya Abdul Mateen II is playing the grown up version of that baby. Of the,
1: of the baby, okay. Yes.
0: Okay. And like and uh the the, the mom, Vanessa, Vanessa Vanessa Williams, she has a middle name because it's not like it's not like Rick Fox's ex Vanessa Williams, it's someone else. Uh but she she is back, she's in this trailer, and she's reprising her role from the original film. Uh so yeah, he plays an artist obsessed with this candyman and and it's kind of taking him down this like dark, this, like darker path. And I do think that because I watched *The Original Candyman* again last night, uh, I think okay. exact, I think the movie actually like it's, it still really holds up. And it's also the stuff it's trying to say is still like remarkably relevant today, which is why I think that *Candyman* is an ideal property to reboot back up again. Like, I especially love like the beginning of this trailer where it opens with because you know if like the Candyman mythos was real. If, if like the, the whole legend of the Candyman was real, you know that would be like an internet challenge. Like you know, you would see like a ton of YouTube videos, a ton of like TikToks, and Vine yeah. that was still a thing of people doing the Candyman challenge. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like, if
1: they're gonna do a Tide Pod challenge, I think they do a Candyman challenge.
0: Step, step up, uh, but <laughs> yeah, I think that when I think that I think the smart approach, I think this looks. Like it's got a great tone, Looks like it's got a great vibe to it. Jordan Peele's executive producer, and I didn't know it till today. He also co-wrote the screenplay, which I think oh was, really? Yes, he cool. did. Which I can not kind of shows his connection to the property. I think he's really sees something in it, but he's not directing it. He handed out those duties to Nia Deca- Nia DeCosto. Nia DeCostos. something like that. Nia DeCosta. who I don't think has done. I don't think she's done anything. I, I, just, I don't. I don't. She, I can't think. I think she's done before, but uh, it's reported that Tony Ta is coming back to reprise his role. Or there's no. There's not been an official word, at least not, not not that I've been able to find. Uh, Virginia Mads is not back, which I mean, you don't need her back, but you kinda Based on where the movie ends, it would be nice to see where that character ended up because the sequels don't really touch on that. But, yeah. Uh, Russell, I mean, yeah. Your th- your thoughts. Yeah, what do you think of this new Candyman trailer?
1: No, I liked it. I I had um, feels of almost like a Doctor Sleep type, uh, f- like sense to it. You know what I mean? Like how Doctor Sleep kind of explored a little bit more. Right. Um, you know the world of The Shining. It just had the same type of grit and feel to it. Um, I'm totally on board with it. I I really liked the trailer a lot. Um, it obviously kind of in, in the how you uh, how you pretty much did it. It took me and made me want to watch the uh, the 1992 film. So it's something I'm probably gonna have to. I'll probably end up doing here within the next couple weeks or so, and definitely watch again right before this movie comes out. But uh yeah, I like the trailer a lot;
0: I really did. And if you want to revisit the first, the original Candyman, it's on Netflix right now. I would encourage you to go check it out because it's actually, it's it, it it really holds up. And honestly, Tony Todd as the Candyman is one of my favorite slasher killers in film, just because of like his ad his attitude and the air about him. But yeah, I really dug like this trailer. It's one of my most anticipated movies of this year, and I cannot wait to see it when it comes out july of 2020 uh that's it for for trailer news or trailer trailer talk we now move on to notorious news and we actually have like a good amount of stuff to talk about today first of which i think the biggest uh biggest story is that uh well, I mean, not, I mean, there's a couple of big stories, but this well, the biggest one that we have is uh, Bob Iger, CEO of Disney, has stepped down effective immediately. Now, he is set to remain on as chairman until 2021, but he, as CEO, he's done. Bob Chappick has stepped in his place because, I guess, in order to be CEO of Disney, you have to be named Bob's, which means, Russell, you and I are out. We cannot be CEO uh, of Disney. Crap. Uh, there, There goes that. But I think we have to talk about Bob Iger because like he is honestly maybe one of the best businessmen of this of the century. Because you look at the things he they like Disney did under his reign, like like purchasing the Muppets, purchasing Marvel, purchasing Lucasfilm, starting Disney Disney Plus, the streaming service which is doing like gangbuster numbers. Like he's done, he made a lot of moves for this company that were incredibly smart, incredibly well thought out, and just. Like they were just great moves. Like it was very rare you saw Iger have a misstep. Uh, he released an autobiography, which I am very curious to read because I want to know the ins and outs of this deal. And especially having to like recover from like the smoldering record that Disney was during the Eisner years. Remember that. Remember that.
1: Remember Michael? Yeah, Eisner? I was actually reading. I was actually reading something. It said that during his uh you know reign, okay, he had the company's market capitalization value increased from forty eight point four billion to two hundred and fifty seven billion over a period of thirteen years.
0: Yeah, so he like so he basically like quadrupled like quadru- it. almost quadrupled it. Yeah, so yeah. that's that, that's crazy. That it's crazy to think like how good of a businessman he was. Like and you know it's funny. When I was at D twenty three this year, I was literally like when I was like when I went to the the studio panel, there was a, there was a point where I was like literally like 10 feet away from Bob Iger. <laughs> yeah. And it's is so crazy. Cool. It's kind of like being in the presence of, it's literally being in the presence of greatness because the dude was, a, mm-hmm. and like, but the thing, the thing that like shocked me about this, the fact that so many people were just like, so it felt so blindsided by this, but well, people forget like he was set. It's, it was said long ago he was going to be done at like twenty twenty one was gonna be his last year, no matter what, because the only reason he's been on for this long yeah. was because he wanted to he wanted to guide the Disney Fox merger if that merger didn't happen, he would have retired years ago yeah, but uh yeah, we're putting Bob Chappick in charge, who was someone who was mainly involved in parks, which I think is an interesting choice, but i mean it's not an out of their own it's not it's he's not like someone what am I trying to am I trying to say? I'm, I'm trying to say like it's not he's not someone who's like you it's not someone you like you hear and you're just like wait well that person really it's someone like oh, okay, sure. I mean it so was either like gonna be him, Alan Horn, or I mean you could have made the argument with Kathleen Kennedy. I don't think I don't think that would have happened, <laughs> you could have made the argument yeah. for her. Uh but yeah, I do I mean good luck to Chapik. You're to step into some yeah, some really big shoes to fill. And I, I hope you do a good job because i do love that company and i don't want to see it i don't want to see you go back to the years of late eisner <laughs> because he oh he screwed over yep. so many, he screwed over so many people uh next piece news talking about is uh i mean this is a I mean, it has to do with film but it's also like a very uh real thing we're dealing with right now is the coronavirus uh the coronavirus is it's a new uh airborne type of I mean, it's kind of like a flu type thing it's well, actually, it's more like remember, remember we after nine uh, eleven we had like a SARS breakout in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, it's basically like SARS part uh, again. Uh, but it's I don't know. Um, do you do you know if it's deadly? I can't. I kind of find like figure out if it's deadly or not. I don't think it is, but I just think it's like very. I,
1: it's it, can't, it can it can be, be, but so could anything else. So that's yeah. why it's one of those ones where the flu can even be deadly. But like uh, I don't know. Um like you you, you do obviously work it, w- w- you don't want to f-
0: catch it but it, no you don't but like if you if you do like it's not like a guarantee that you're you're going to die like it's it's, it's not it's not like the black no. bu- it's not like the bubonic plague or anything but it's still very serious You see?
1: Yeah, no they're they're working on uh they're obviously working on um you know uh uh you know a uh, like a shot or something like that to to kind of er- eradicate it but um, even like working at the airport, uh, you see a lot more passengers now come through um, with like masks on and stuff like that. And they've even given us the option to do masks if we want to, um, which I mean, none of us, none of the coworkers that I know have 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 gone that far yet um, again. But because I, I think we're all still kind of like in the dark about it. We really don't know a whole lot. You know what I mean? We exactly. just got the first. Um, what was it? It was just the first reported U.S. death. I think it was like today or yesterday or was, something was, like that. What
0: was it? I didn't hear about this. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure.
1: I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah I well, think I think they had the first U.S. case. I like, I'm I'm pretty sure. Oh no, oh, we've, but, the U.S. Um, definitely, had yeah, the US have definitely had
0: cases. The U.S. definitely had cases because like there's cases in California. There's cases like in the upper in the upper Midwest. Like our buddy Zach Ford said, there's a case near where he lives. Uh, I've been told yeah. that there that, that it's there's a good possibility that it could hit Arizona within a few weeks because just hit California. Yeah. So I'm I'm, I'm about to go out and buy some masks. But and the reason I'm talking about this is because like this is actually like having like a really big effect on some movies in addition to people because well I mean there's there's a bunch, there's a bunch of theaters in Italy that have been shut down because of coronavirus. Mission Impossible Seven yeah. has halted filming because of coronavirus. Uh, the Bond Twenty Five. Uh, premiere in China was canceled because of this virus. So yeah, this is yeah, this is pretty, a very serious. serious. thing.
1: Now, uh, I yeah, do- I just seen I, I just seen Green Day canceled a um a festival or a, some some rock band. I can't think of uh, of who they they were going to be touring like across the the United States, and they they canceled their uh, their tour or their uh, their leg there or whatever, a couple shows that were there.
0: Yeah, so this is a this is a very serious thing, and uh, I mean, going back to the Bond twenty five thing, I do wonder if this is going to affect its, its box office overall because China has become a massive market for movies, like yeah. huge to the point where like they are they are aside from the U S. aside from like North America, they are the most important demographic for film in the entire world, which is why like so many I mean, I, so many films try to appeal to Chinese audiences now.
1: Well, what I'm saying is it, this would depend on the vaccination process or the, the length of it, I should say. Sure. Um, how long does it take to get a vaccination for this? Like, it, Are we going to be dealing with this epidemic for a while or are we going to, within the next you know, couple of weeks or so, find a uh, vaccination for it and – you know what I mean? Get things back up and running again. So it, it, it's just all about the longevity of that too. Like how long is this? You know, the duration of this going to go on for? So I think that plays hand in hand too with the whole box office returns because, like how you said, China's a huge draw. When you open movies and you know across seas, China you know is makes up a lot of the you know the bread and butter. Look at uh, you know Transformers. Look at you know the Fast and the Furious franchise. They do great numbers over there. So it would only make sense that they obviously would want to, uh, you know, get this vaccination and get all this stuff under control so that they could, you know, because that, that hurts business all around, not just movies, but just everywhere, you know?
0: No, for sure. So, I, we, we, I mean, here's hoping that this coronavirus is uh, it's contained as soon as possible because people are in danger. And, yeah, uh, here's, ho- here's, hope. here's hoping that this whole thing gets done, gets put away quickly. Uh, now back to back to our funny topics we can make fun of. Uh, <laughs> uh, the well, Russell, it's never been a secret that Hollywood goes where the money is. And it doesn't <laughs> matter about quality. Well, yeah. Doesn't matter about you know how good your thing may or may not be. As long as it makes money, fuck it, green light. Uh, it, it, news broke this week that uh, E. L. James, Fifty Shades writer. Her new book has been picked up for a big-screen adaptation. I believe all from Universal, who did make the Fifty Shades films. Uh, This one's called The Mister, and it's all about a wealthy aristocrat who... a wealthy British-English aristocrat uh, who falls in love with his, like, his sister-in-law or his maid or something. I don't know. Look, here's the thing. Is this movie going to suck? Yes, because E.L. James can't fucking write to save her life. <laughs> she She's she's a shitty But it will make money. She's a shitty author. I don't care if EL James she's not listening. I don't give a shit if she is listening, because E.L. James is a shitty author. Um <laughs> I would say that to her face if I could. But here's the thing. As a business move I don't, I don't even know if this is a smart business move, because I I don't know I don't know how well this book sold, but Reason Fifty Shades did so well because it was Fifty Shades of Grey and that was like the hot thing at, at the time. No pun pun not intended. Uh, because and it was a gamble to pay it off because that franchise raked in over a billion dollars. Because humanity is terrible.
1: That's crazy.
0: So, uh, Russell, are you excited crazy. for the Mister? And do you think it does as well as Fifty Shades of Grey did? I don't think I, just
1: because I, I haven't heard anything of it. Like, there's no track record for it to like support like where it would you know go numbers wise. But you know what? You know when you get women together, you know, middle-aged women and, you know, the older crowd or whatever all get together and go see this film. You know what I mean? Who knows that could spread like a wildfire, you know? So I don't think it's going to do well. I think it's going to make money. It's not going to make anywhere near what 50 shades did because 50 shades was already kind of established. We knew what it was. You know, we, we heard of it. We knew of it, Mr. I've never even heard of like literally this is the first time I've heard of this. So yeah, I, I, I don't think it, it makes anywhere near the money that 50 shades did. And on top of it, like it's only one movie, you know. What I mean, she had three books out already on that. So, oh, we're gonna. Yeah. Oh, the other well, thing I uh,
0: you're, you're only try this out. try this out. They're gonna try this out. You're gonna make three movies about the Mister. Well, oh, i, the I mister, again. It does the not. The Mister Darker. The I Mister mean, Freed.
1: Surprising. <laughs> uh,
0: the, yeah. the the weird thing. You, you know, what I think it's gonna do. Remember uh, that movie, The Host, that came out a few years back.
1: Yeah, I didn't see it. It wasn't Sorshi running on
0: it. She was, and I think uh, the whole reason that was Greenland is because. People thought like, "Oh, Stephanie Myers, She wrote. She wrote Twilight. So she's gonna. She wrote Twilight. So uh, this movie's gonna do great. Okay. And it didn't do nearly as well as Twilight. Never saw. It. Yeah, I, no I just one, remember no she did. was
1: in it. Yeah, I didn't see it. So yeah, I, I I fueled that just like everybody else did.
0: So yeah, they literally they literally greenlit the host part two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, be on the lookout for that in theaters coming. I mean, I won't say hopefully very soon, but probably very soon. Uh, okay. Next piece of news: This isn't really news, but this is something I had to highlight because it's it's kind of ridiculous. So uh, when Ryan Johns was promoting the DVD Blu-ray release, of, I mean, do people, do, people still die, do people still buy DVDs anymore? I'm sure they do, but I mean, I, I do. I mean, you still you still buy DVDs?
1: I buy both. I buy DVDs and Blu-rays. Like I'm talking like like older movies that okay, like okay. you know just to build my collection build right. build my collection up for the most part anything new released now uh usually i i buy blu ray and now we're going uh, to start buying, start buying yeah, 4k now
0: yeah. uh but to promote the uh at home release of knives out uh you know have you ever seen those like uh, scene breakdowns like vanity fair does uh what do you mean? I... Well, they have they have a thing where they have like directors come in, like break down a certain scene in their movies. Like it's it's really interesting. Check it out. If you oh seen. yeah 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 okay. Uh, but anyways, they had Ryan Johnson on to come break down *Knives Out*, and he revealed a little tidbit that I find just hilariously egotistical because he revealed uh, he revealed that uh, in doing a deal with Apple, because he had to clear. Uh, product used use with, a, with certain companies before you do it, uh, in negotiating a deal with Apple, it turns out that Apple does not let bad guys use their products. So, like, say Russell and I wrote a movie, uh, and, we, okay. had, and we, had, uh, we had a bad guy talking on a phone. That phone could not be an iPhone. <laughs> we would be barred <laughs> from using an iPhone in that scene oh darn like he can't use he can't use uh he can't use an iphone he can't use an ipad he can't use a macbook
1: <laughs> I never thought I never even thought of that like I never even yeah never even that, that dawned on me ever no, we, no none of us huh. ever
0: heard of that because because it's really no, weird that's, but, that's just but if you think about that that's, that's kind of like a that could be like a weird tell in movies in the future because if you think about it like, cause, like think about this movie for a whodunit you, you, you haven't seen oh, yeah. you haven't seen that have you have you seen it?
1: I have not. Um, I, th- we, Beck and I are talking about potentially watching it tomorrow night, but I need to watch uh, Pirates, so I don't know how. I don't know how I'm going to do this because she has to work, and I, I do want to get that in for our our Monday review. So I, I I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I do want to pick it up and watch it that we've been talking about. And well, because
0: really well, well, like say you had like a big like an, like another Who Done It movie, and you see yeah. everyone's phones. And, you sp- and there's, and no, you there's pick all out iPhones except somebody you except get. one guy. You're just like he did it. <laughs> like that's, yeah, that's, that'd be, that's super weird, right? Right.
1: I mean, either that or. But my thing is, when you want that that advertising for your phone anyway, regardless. I mean, that's just me. Uh, I remember when the iPhone first came out, and like movies, like. Uh, what the hell was like one of the first ones? Like, I love you, man, and stuff like that had, like, iPhones, and you're like, oh, my God, it's so cool, because, like, that was, like, a big deal, because, like, it,
0: it, it was new,
1: you know? Um, you'd think you'd want that product placement, but, I mean, I don't know. I think that's a little strange.
0: I mean, no one's going to associate Apple with, like, like mur- murdering and, like, kidnapping with, <laughs> if their villain has an iPhone. <laughs>
1: I mean, there's killers out there that have killed people that have owned iPhones. I'm sure, like more than sure. So I mean, like, who, who really cares, you know?
0: Well, I want to buy this new iPhone. Like, I, I want to buy this new iPhone. Oh wait, this, like the murderer in this movie behind an iPhone too? Oh, forget this.
1: Wait, wait. So he has to be a good guy now. <laughs>
0: uh, but yeah. he he
1: did all he he did all of his killing while having a uh, Samsung uh, his burners like a is, Samsung his burners of and Samsung. then and then changed... Changed his ways, bought an iPhone, so now he's good. It's all is redeemed now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, regardless, yeah, this oh, is this is I, this crazy. is ridiculous. This, this we just had to highlight it. Uh, next actual story we're talking about right now. Speaking of knives, speaking of knives out, Chris Evans just signed on for his next role. Uh, reportedly, he is currently in talks to play the Doctor Oren Scrivello DDS in the Little Shop of Horrors Dream Meg. He will be joining uh, Billy Porter, Taryn Edgerton, Scarlett Johansson. Now, of the casting we've heard of this movie so far, this is the one that I can really get behind. Because I would love to see Chris... Because like, given, given the fact that he's basically done... Well, spoiler alert. He, he's done playing Captain America now. I love that he's like really exploring his bad side. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because he's been like Hollywood's like golden boy there for the longest time. You know, what I mean, even like been with the 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 um, rom coms that he was in beforehand, the old Johnny you
0: know? McAmerica man, America, America, America. But now he's like playing. So now is- he gets like really explore like his dick origins, and now yeah, I think I think this is I think yeah, he's a great pick for this role. I don't know if he can sing. I imagine he can, given that he's be, given that he's being looked at, or he'll learn. Because, but yeah, yeah, I I really love this casting. How about you?
1: Yeah, super interesting. I'm kind of curious to see how he's going to, you know, conjure up his inner Steve Martin, I guess, I should say. Um, It'll be kind of fun to see that, though. And like how you said, I think it's really funny how he's kind of going opposite of what you would, you know, I mean, he's done. Like, he's done that, you know, Captain America stint, you know, for almost, what, a decade?
0: Almost. Yeah, no, actually, actually, yeah. Just just shy of a decade, yeah. Is it a decade? No, no, just shy. Just shy. shy. Eleven to yeah. eleven so, to
1: nineteen. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, just shy and like you know, this is his, his time now. So it's like, well, why not? You know, and I and I think, you know, especially just having watched Little Shop of Horrors for our uh, review, um, back what October?
0: Didn't we do that in October? Was it? Yeah, it was October. Yes, you're right.
1: I think I think it was October. Yeah. Um. Yeah. This will be kind of funny to see, just because like how you said, like even like even watching the trailer for Knives Out. I mean, obviously Knives Out been getting great reviews and you know was nominated for uh an academy Award and stuff like that but still i'm really looking forward to it just because of the fact that you know it's nice to see chris evans kind of just break away from you know the the good you know the golden boy so to speak so yeah this will be fun and i still want to watch knives out so looking forward to that too but yeah, yeah. <laughs> looking forward to the uh, yeah. little shop of horrors uh reboot for sure i think that'll be fun
0: 100 percent. so yeah definitely looking forward to that when it comes out next piece of news talking about right now is uh have some news about Jurassic World Three. We have a title and we have some casting. Uh, first of all, we have the uh, title Jurassic World Dominion. God, these titles, don't, these titles don't let up, man. These titles just these titles just do not let up. The infuriating inferior about it to this be called one. Vegas. a <laughs> Vegas vacation.
1: <laughs> just call it Vegas. Yeah, call it Vegas. Jurassic World no, Vegas. Not, not,
0: not even Jurassic World Vegas. Just Call it Vegas. Yeah, uh,
1: Vegas a. Uh, a, Jurassic a Jurassic World, World story, story or something like that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> what what, what infuriates me about this was uh, the fact that they had a perfectly good title, just GIF rap for them that they're just not taking. Like Jurassic World, Jurassic World Extinction. Boom, done. There you go, got the check. Yeah, uh, but regardless, we had Jurassic World Dominion now. Well, uh, it, it, just, it just started filming. Uh, Jurassic World director Colin Trevorrow is back for this one. Chris Pratt, Bryce, House, Bryce Dallas Howard, Price in their roles, as well as Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum. Who, who, who else is back in this movie? Let's see. Uh, actually, okay, of course, B.D. B. Wong Dr. Henry Wu because he, for some reason, is not the most important person in this franchise. He keeps coming back. Sure. <laughs> God knows why. <laughs> uh, we be got. He'll some, do anything. Uh, I mean, I love I love B D Wong, so I kind of want him to do anything. But yeah, it's, it's just it's so weird that this whole franchise is not centered around Doctor Wu, a guy who had one yeah. scene in the original Jurassic Park.
1: That's crazy. Uh,
0: and also coming back to this one are uh, Jake Johnson and Omar C from Jurassic World. Jake Johnson played the computer guy, and Omar C played uh, Chris Pratt's uh, black. He played his black sidekick in the first Jurassic World. Oh well, yeah, I remember. So I, I am excited to see them back. I did like him in the first Jurassic World, and I like Omar C. as an actor a lot. I, like, I want to see him work. The whole reason I saw, that's the whole reason I saw Call of the Wild. <laughs> <And> <laughs> so, yeah, Jurassic World, the title, these new cast members, are, are, does this make you more or less just about the same excited for Jurassic World 3?
1: I think I'm just, like, middle of the road. You know what I mean? Um... I really liked the first Jurassic World. Uh, the second one, obviously, we really, didn't, we really didn't like. Um, I'm kind of hoping they right the wrong. Um, but yeah, I'm just kind of middle of the road excited for the film. I mean, I, I'm looking forward to it and the fact that I want to see with how they kind of wrap up the trilogy of Jurassic Worlds. Um, I'm, I'm kind of curious of the. You know, the, you know Jeff Goldblum, Sam Neill, Laura Dern's characters. I want kind of how they're going to tie into I mean, this. this, is, this is, um, Chris and, Pratt and, said it's going to be the yeah. Avengers
0: End Game of Jurassic of Jurassic movies.
1: See, now that's that's kind of stupid, but
0: yeah, Are they all the Say what you about Chris Pratt. Say what you about Chris Pratt. The guy knows how. To, the guy knows how to promote. And this guy, he will go all in for his movies. Like he he believes in every oh, single yeah. project he's a part of. And I that's something I admire about the guy. He always tries to sell his stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're in the business of selling a product to a mass audience. I mean, yeah. Um some do it better than others, some don't even care because they already got paid. They don't care if the movie makes money. So, but yeah, it is good to see that type of, you know, attitude when when promoting films and stuff like that. But to me, it's just like one of the things where I'm curious to see the involvement of the o- older characters. I want to see how that kind of how That comes into play for this third I mean, Jurassic it's, World it's, movie. It's said
0: that they're going to have like actual. They're not going to be like cameos like Goldman Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Good. It's they're going to yeah. they're going to have like actual roles in this movie, which is something that I do like. I mean, Laura Dern, hot off her Oscar yeah. win, uh, Sam Neill, He's not doing much these days, and Jeff Gold. He's always it's always fun to see him pop up and stuff. Uh, so yeah. yeah, Jurassic World Dominion set for a. 2000, uh, due, due 21st, 2021, release. Uh, we're we're, we're going to continue to call Jurassic World Vegas Vacation or Veg, or actually, yeah, well, I, uh, I, I like your title better. Vegas, Jurassic World Story. Vegas, a uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, dude.
1: If anybody, I mean, you know, for the listeners, if you haven't seen the uh, the second one, you'll get it when you watch it and complete it in its entirety. Stay for post, the extra credits, post, and then you'll get post-credit it. scene and all. Yep. And then you get it. It's It was one of those ones where I'm like, is this really, like, really? Like, I remember watching that. I'm like, really? We're, we're, like, we're doing this? That's it? <laughs>
0: that's, that's, you really like, this wanted is, this us is, to know. this is the
1: post credit scene. We're, you, we're
0: doing this. You really wanted us to know these dinosaurs are in Vegas for some reason.
1: <laughs> Just like, wow. But, hey, if we can redeem it with a good solid third movie, I'm good with it. But, yeah, it's definitely one of those head-scratching uh, post credit scenes. Like, I, out of, like, Recent post-credit scenes, because that's like a huge thing now. Obviously, with the Marvel kind of really kind of starting out, make making more popular.
0: Yeah. Uh, next, door we're talking about. Uh, it is said that uh, what well, can I said it. it was announced that Creed Three is officially moving forward. Uh, I there was there were there were whispers of Creed Three. Nothing like official. Official. This is like the official words. I had a screenwriter. In the form of Mr. Uh, Zach Balin. don't know who the hell that is, uh, but yeah, I mean, you look at you look at the numbers for the let me, see the, let me find the numbers for the first Creed. The first Creed uh, made 173 million dollars on a 35 million dollar budget. The second Creed made 214 million on a 50 million dollar budget. These movies make money. Question is, uh, yeah. and I, I I love Creed. I I really like Creed two a lot. I don't necessarily if I want to see Creed three because
1: well just especially because are going there's going to be no Stallone.
0: Well yeah, no Stallone because Stallone said he's done with the role. Like he's not coming back. So,
1: I mean, well, of course people constantly say things anyway, but yeah, at
0: the end of the day, that is but, true. Um, Michael Bay, yeah, I dumb, just can't, Michael Bay was dumb Transformers for like 3 years, but he still made 3 more movies.
1: But I just can't but I can't see it if they do make a third creed without his character just because he's so instrumental in, in, in those films and just in you know, as an icon in general in the Rocky franchise. Yeah,
0: it's, it's, it would be weird to yeah. see a Rocky universe movie without Rocky. And if yeah, it, yeah, you just can't do that. I don't know. If you were going to kill him, well, spoiler alert, he doesn't he die in Creed 2. If you were going to kill him, Creed 2 would have been it. <laughs> that would have been your chance, but you didn't take it. Yeah. Because I, I'm assuming they were operating based on the assumption that that was going to be their last one. And it ends in a way where it's like, yeah, there's really nowhere else to go.
1: Oh, but don't, don't tempt anybody because that's the hold my beer moment.
0: We'll make it happen.
1: We'll we'll make, come on now, listen, if John Cena can be brothers with Vin Diesel, we're going to make a third Creed film. Don't worry.
0: And that's only like the fifth most unbelievable thing in that trailer. Uh, but, (laughs) uh, something I will say, I don't want, I don't want to be fighting someone else's son. No more sons. No more. Okay, yeah, but how, I take that back. Where do you no, even go? No, do you no go more sons. No more sons of guys Rocky beat in the original movies. Like, I don't want to see him fight Clubber Lang's son. I don't want to see him fight Tommy Gunn's son. I don't want to see him fight Victor Drago's brother. Now, the smart the the I think will be actually like, be really smart. Like, the one that will, like would get me like kind of like really intrigued. I would want to see if I, I want to see him fight another Creed. Like, what if Apollo had a second illegitimate son? Say, like I don't know, Ali Creed, that, played by. That's I mean that's yeah. <laughs> Say that, say they had hit say they had like that that might intrigue me, but even then I don't think that's enough to go for a whole another a whole another round.
1: Yeah. Or do you? Or do you uh, age age Creed and have it set later on in life where he's kind of, tra- like, his younger son. They had a son, didn't they?
0: Daughter. They had a daughter.
1: Or daughter, never mind. So that, that, would, that wouldn't that work. Never mind. Like, yes. maybe with her fighting or something they, like that. They, I don't know. Well, I, they have
0: women's boxing. She could she totally be doing. a lady boxer. No,
1: but what I'm saying is, I mean, it's going to really skew it. I'm not sitting there being sexist or anything like that. I'm just saying, like, the, the you know, the whole entire beat of Rocky has been, it's been male protagonists, you know I mean? They're, it's just throughout the whole entire franchise you had you know michael b jordan's character and you've had you know sylvester stallone's character i mean it's always been male i mean it would be different it would shake up the whole entire franchise for sure but then again how then you got to age michael b jordan's character what 20 18 20 years ish i don't know and then for what reason though like then you're pretty much rehashing the same exact thing again him training you know what i mean
0: yeah it also to carry on the baton of the name, you know it's like I don't know yeah it's a it, it like it it wouldn't it wouldn't really fit, considering like we barely like okay, like well there't work with rocky like getting making him a trainer because we had seven so he had like six moves in him being a fighter, so yeah. we got to see like his whole like rise and fall as a boxer creed we literally just saw yeah. i mean we saw a little bit of a fall, but like we we've got like two moves with Adonis creed, so I don't know. Yeah, it's. I. I don't think we need a third Creed. And also, here's the thing. Okay, I guarantee you're not gonna. You're not gonna get cooler back on this. But do no. you get Stephen Caple Jr. back? Because he had. Not, he had nothing else lined up. Do you think it would be smart to bring him back for if, they, if you, they're doing Creed three? Do you think we smart to bring him back or do you get new blood?
1: I'd say just bring back what you had already. Go. Go. Uh, yeah. Go. Bring back the old. Just bring them. Cause you're not going to get Coogler, but uh, yeah, I would just I would bring him on back as opposed to going new, because I mean, what really are you going to do if you're going to end it at three anyway, you might as well have this, you know somebody familiar with the character and maybe kind of got like pointers from like S- Sloan and stuff like that, and maybe a little bit invested in the you know the Rocky franchise Creed franchise. I don't know, I would say just keep them.
0: All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see where Creed Three goes in the long run. But next door, we're talking about is uh, well, we have some, some uh, Disney news for their Lucasfilm stuff. First of which, uh, there's a new Star Wars movie in development from Slight director J.D. Dillard. Now, did you see Slight? This movie came out I two years back.
1: Did not Slight.
0: It was uh, about the kitty. Kitty wasn't a magician.
1: No, I didn't see it.
0: It's actually pretty. It's actually uh, pretty good. Pretty good. I would actually re- recommend checking it out. Did that get a wide release? It did get a wide release. It wasn't in theaters for long. Really? but it did, a, it did get a wide release. All right. Yeah. It's yeah. Really I'll like have a, ch- I
1: have to. have to check it out. I'll write it down. But yeah, good. no. I. I remember hearing of it. I just don't. I just didn't see it. I know I didn't see
0: it. Okay. So speaking to someone who did see pretty Slights, uh hearing this news is a little odd, just because it seems like the whole future Star Wars is kind of up in the air right now, because. Like we know that they have dates lined up for 2022, twenty twenty four and twenty six, but nothing, nothing like officially has been called yet. Because I mean, you have Ryan Johnson working on his stuff, which, yes, as of right now, he is still working on. Uh, you have Kevin Feige doing his thing, and now you have this one. I, I question which of these is gonna co- is gonna come to fruition first, and I also think that he is an interesting choice because he's a smaller he's working on a smaller film. I actually don't think he's made another movie since Slight. That might have been his first. His uh, only like really major one so far. Yeah, it's that's, yeah, that's actually it. Uh, the other one, two, like these little tiny movies, but they're on Netflix. Sweetheart and Shrey is on Hulu. So if you want to check those out, check them out. Uh, but yeah, uh, I will say, I think he's an interesting choice for a Star Wars film, not someone who... <coughs> I would think of something like, "Oh, who do you want to see a better Star Wars movie?" This guy, no, but I, hey, uh, I, I like. I would like to see new talent get behind the camera for like big projects like this. So, good luck. <laughs> uh, and the yeah, the big, I mean, who knows? Who
1: knows? He could he could knock it out of the park. Who knows? He could knock it out of
0: the park. We don't know. Uh, yeah. And the, the big the big one though, because we saved this for we say this for this for the, for the second. Uh, we have some Indiana Jones five news. As Steven Spielberg has said, he is not. Coming back to the franchise. Not only that, but James Mangold is reportedly in talks to take over for Indiana Jones Five. Now, Indiana Jones Five has been like a real stop and go project for the last couple years. I think Disney. Here's what I think. I think that Disney is like really hell bent on making this movie happen. Thing is, just hearing this, I'm assuming Spielberg has other things he wants to work on before Indy Five. And let's face it, Harrison's not getting any younger. (laughs) Time. Like you said, <laughs> no. time is not on your side. But it's also yeah, a project mean, that he really wants to do, which is interesting. So, yeah. Uh, okay, so first of all, let me just say, uh, Russell, what do you think about uh, Spielberg not coming back?
1: I mean, it's not surprising. I think just because of the – I mean, it has nothing to do, obviously, with how atrocious the fourth one is. Um, which it is. I just think he's he – ha- well, it should be because it was, it was dog shit. Um, but like, you know, obviously he's mo- mo- moving more towards like more serious type stuff. Like, you know, you had the post, you know, you have him doing West side story, like, which is really like really non-traditional Steven Spielberg. So he's, he's kind of exploring a little bit more in the back end of his career. Um, it's not a surprise. I think Mangold's a per, I think Mangold's a solid, if you're going to get, if, I mean, if you're, if you're not going to get Spielberg, I think Mangold's pretty damn good. Um, so I think it's a good, I think it's a good move. I'm kind of curious to see what he's going to bring to the, uh, Indiana, Indiana Jones franchise. Um, and what happens from here? Do we end it at five or is it like a, you know, here we go. We're going to pass it to the next generation. You know what I mean? There's a lot of different things that this movie could, you know, different routes this film could go. So, uh, I think Mangold's a good, uh, Mangold's a uh, really good choice though. And I, uh, I'm not surprised Spielberg is not coming back.
0: I mean, Mangles—he's—he's—he's a—he's a hot commodity right now. I mean, Method Logan, Ford versus Ferrari, uh, He's and he got the Bob Dylan movie and the one Matt Damon. He's—he's—he's uh, he's, he's a lot of, like really high profile, high profile gigs. I don't know if he's like the great. Jo- you know who I think honestly would have made a really good Indiana Jones film? Joe Johnston. Joe Johnston, the guy who made uh, yeah. uh, the Rocketeer and uh, Captain America: The First Avenger. I think he has yeah. like a flair for like these old timey like serial type movies, which I think is like the perfect feel for an Indiana Jones film. But, yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, but he's not. But he's not doing it. So, but uh, yeah, Mang- Mangold's a he's he's a great director. So he's a good pick. I'm excited oh. to, if he signs on. I'm Excited to see what he ends up doing with this property. I just want. I just want another good Indiana Jones movie. That's all I want. Really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: It. I mean, we we gotta we gotta get that crystals. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull out
0: of our mouth. Wash that out of our, our mouths.
1: Mouth. Ugh. Ugh, awful.
0: And the last one, the biggest news on the internet, Russell. Friends reunion confirmed for HBO oh, Max. But don't I get heard. too excited. <laughs> because everyone like ran with a headline, Friends reunion, Friends reunion, Friends reunion. But no one's reading the fine prints. Because, like, S- do you know much about the story, Russell?
1: i um, zero. I just
0: heard that okay. the, the reunion was in top. Yeah. Okay, so let me tell you this, Russell. You see, everyone oh, heard I can't th- wait. everyone heard this news thinking like we're going to get more Friends episodes. We're going to see where Ross and Rachel and Joey and where all of them are after 10 years. No, we're not. You see, what this is going to this is not going to be more Friends episodes. What this is going to be is like a get-together sit-down discussion. Of the making of friends and how great friends was and how influential it is. This, uh, yes, that that's put that on put, that's gonna put be that shit on Blu-ray. That's gonna be the yeah, put make it a special feature on a Blu-ray. <laughs> that's stupid. No, no, no. That is not stupid. Here's what's stupid. Because you look at the paychecks they're getting for this. Every oh, one that's of, probably re- every ridiculous one of the six friends is getting <laughs> I can't I can't this. I can't wait, can't, getting, can't wait for this one. Anywhere from two point five to three million dollars for this. Are you fucking kidding me? That's so disgusting. This this is so like this is a
1: waste of time and money. <laughs> well, Schwimmer needs it. Everybody else, or Swimmer and uh, like Matt no, LeBlanc, no. these guys need it. None, 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 none of, of them. Their... None of them need this because. <laughs> well, based they, don't, they, the well they don't need it. Need it because Friends is still making a shit ton of money. Yeah.
0: Like, based on the royalties they're getting, like, none of of these guys need to work anymore. None of them need to work anymore. Like, at this point, they work if they want to.
1: I'm just saying more who's relevant. Like, you know, you don't hear anything about Schwimmer. You hear nothing about Matt LeBlanc. Uh, You don't really hear anything about Matthew Perry. Lisa Kudra comes up once in a while. Uh, Courtney Cox is, like, missing in action. She's (laughs) here once in a while. Where's she Jennifer Anderson's the only one that's been working. That is true. You know? Well, she's, but, the only, she's the only one that managed I mean, to, like, carry
0: yeah. on her, her star status to, like, other stuff because, I mean, she, she, can, she can headline a movie if she wanted to.
1: Uh, and, and, I'll give, and I'll give Courtney Cox kudos, though, too, because Scream, I think, as Gail Weathers kind of, like, really kind of, like, brought her out of it, too, saying that, you know, she could do other things besides be Monica Ross's sister on Friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I do like Courtney Cox a lot. But outside of that, like I mean, like what else? You don't really have nobody else is doing anything. Like, well, I mean, LeBlanc
0: had a show on CBS. He had a show on Showtime and a show on CBS, both of which lasted like a while.
1: Like, but then he had what that spinoff Joey, which was
0: Joey. Stupid Joey was terrible and lasted only two seasons for good for good reason. It lasted a generous lasted a generous two seasons.
1: Two seasons, two two seasons, too
0: long. (laughs) Exactly, but. Yeah, like I like if you're if you're gonna go if you're gonna pay like twenty four million dollars to do this, you may as well That's just so make, sad. You may as well just make more episodes. Honestly, seriously, do it. I mean,
1: I mean, again, kind of how we just said, outside of like really Jennifer Aniston pushing a buck, you know, just doing her thing. I mean, she doesn't even like she does it here and there. It doesn't even work that that consistently. But what else is anybody doing?
0: Why, also, why can't you do it? Also, if, if fucking Full House can come back and make more episodes, why not Friends at this point? Seriously, seriously, you know. I don't know, <sighs> but yeah, I mean,
1: look—that's great
0: cr- That is—that's depressing, man. This 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 will get people to up up HBO Max. They're just thinking that they're going to get more Friends episodes, which look you're not. Like <laughs> that's just the truth. You are not going to get more episodes. It's just going to be them talking about how great Friends was and like the impact of Friends. You just you
1: put but you you put that that shit on you put on a Blu-ray. You don't you don't put it on like I don't know. That's stupid. And I I wasn't going to get HBO Max anyway. So that's just yeah, it doesn't really matter. It's like
0: it's like this changes your mind. It's like well, I wasn't going to get HBO Max before, but now pff, no, no, it's absolutely that wasn't going to be that wouldn't.
1: First off, that wouldn't be the, the you know, the ride all on. It'd be like, oh, yeah, now that you're, they're doing this. Absolutely. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Friends. I, I love the show. I've watched so damn I. near. I, I've seen damn near pro- probably like all the episodes. Oh, I have seen I have, um, seen, I have seen
0: every single episode. Because- yeah, it's a
1: great show. Don't get me wrong. I, I love the show. I, I think some of the directions they went, like with the back end of the seasons with like Joey and Rachel's love interest, I thought it was kind of stupid, um, but like, it's still a great show. It's still really, really good show. I just don't see... Uh, it's crazy what they're, what they're forking out for this show. I mean, it's a good show, but it's not like the greatest show ever, you know?
0: Yeah, uh, well... I mean, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. But yeah, uh, look out for that on HBO Max coming. Uh, I don't know when, but prob- I would assume this will be available what, within the first year of launch. But by the way, it launches in just a few months, actually. So that's it for Notorious News. We now move on to our review of the week. So Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So Russell, let me give you a little history lesson before we start on this review. So, uh, oh, oh boy, Monty Python was a British comedy troupe. It set, uh, started in the late '60s. Consisted of uh, consisted of well, was initially consisted of Terry Jones, uh, Terry Jones, John Cleese, Graham Chapman, Michael Palin, and Eric Idle. Now they brought in a sixth, Terry Gilliam, who was. Uh he actually was not, not British. He was actually American born. Uh, but he became a part he became like uh, an animator and it worked off him so well, they're just like, you know what, why don't you come in? Why don't you come and be like a full-time member? They had a hit show on the BBC, Monty Pilot the Flying Circus, which I adore, I love that show. It was a uh, sketch sketch comedy, really funny stuff. And they expanded in this decided to expand to a feature film. They had this one idea for a sketch, and like, you know what, let's try to write a movie about, around this. So they wrote this script, they got the green light, but they're like, okay, here's the thing, we have no money. <laughs> it's like, okay, you get the green light. Oh, by the way, get no money, bye. So uh, they, had, they actually had to fundraise a lot of this. Like they, they got the money for this by convincing 10 separate investors to, the budget of this was an astounding 200,000 pounds, which at the time was like 400,000 400, USD. Which even okay. in seven, even seventy four wasn't wasn't shit. Like that mo- that that's like no money. Yeah. So and the and the whole way the whole way they got that they actually went and convinced people they convinced ten separate investors to pitch in ten thousand a piece or tw- I'm sorry, ten separate investors to pitch in twenty thousand a piece. And you would actually be shocked to learn like some of the investors they had they had um I'm trying to think. They had uh, Gen- Genesis was, was one of the investors. The band Genesis. Uh, so this is
1: kind of like Dream Horse.
0: Uh, it, it is like Dream Horse, Dream Movie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there,
0: we, there you have it. Uh, it. All right, sorry. I, I, I
1: had to. I had to go. I want to
0: I wanna, I wanna say Led Zeppelin wasn't was another one. They, they, they went to Elton John and asked for money, and the reason they, the whole reason they did it was because was because at the time it was seen as like a really good tax write off because. They, because they <laughs> kind of used that to exploit a British tax rule. Oh yeah. So okay. I was just like yeah, I mean, I me mean, I mean, why not? So yeah, this 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 came out and actually had like like the the lack of budget kind of goes it goes for well actually we'll go against it, it goes very much for because like a lot of the best bits and a lot of like the really. A lot of the really things people remember from this movie are it's just it's it's because of the fact that they didn't have any budget. Kind of like uh, it's kind of like Jaws, where like yeah, it kept falling apart. Yeah, it had a bunch of problems, but in the end, it kind of made it really kind of made the movie stronger for it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying.
1: I I completely get it. I mean, it's a, almost like the prac you know practicalness of of these things made it made it better just yeah. because of the fact that they didn't have the money to go grander, you know what I mean? It, it's, it, made, it, it made it better.
0: By the way, I was right. Pink, uh, Led Zeppelin was an investor for the film, as well as Genesis. And also Pink Floyd also invested in this movie. So, uh, so I can't wait to hear your thoughts about this movie. So here we go. This is uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So right off the bat, this movie doesn't, it doesn't wait to start getting into the jokes because, I mean, you start this movie and knowing what it is, it's like it's a very weird credits because like it's very like dark, very somber, and like it's it's very much like a parody of uh, the credits of, the, of Ingmar Bergman's films. He's the guy that did Seven Seal. Okay, but, but the whole time these credits are going, you have these, can, sub- can I, these subtitles. Can
1: I tell Can I tell you a story about this? Really? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you, okay, you ready for this one? Right. This is how stupid I am, right? So I had it on Netflix because it's on Netflix. So you know, we'd tell the viewers that one. Um I thought I hit something with the thing and it had the damn <laughs> subtitles on it. I know, I know, I know, I know. It sounds stupid, but listen because I didn't know what the hell was to expect. You know, I had no idea. Like I said, there's a reason like I said I haven't watched this film because it was something I just I don't know, it just wasn't my cup of tea so to speak, you know. Um How so all these damn
0: How about these damn subtitles?
1: So I'm like, I see the subtitles and I'm starting to read the subtitles. I'm like, oh, wait, this is like, like nonsense stuff. I'm like, okay. This is part so of then the I, I finally started realizing, I'm like, shit, this is actually part of it. But at first I thought I hit like something on the subtitle thing on Netflix. And I'm Swedish. like, subtitles drives me nuts. Yeah, and yeah, I'm, I'm like, obviously unless like, you know, foreign films like Parasite and other films, you know, like that. But I'm saying like this, I thought was just like a regular film in English. And then it was, it was I'm like, oh, I hit a button. Well, here it's part of the, uh, it's a whole part of the movie. So yeah, me like a dumbass. After I just thought I'd share that with you because I, th- I figured you'd get a kick out of that.
0: That's funny. Yeah, I, I I just imagine Russell trying to fix it. Like like I hit the damn Swedish button. How do I how do I turn it off?
1: Because <laughs> you know how you've done that. Like, have you ever done that before? Where you've like sat down and like you've like accidentally hit something on like a I don't know like a TV remote or like a like a Blu-ray player remote or DVD player remote, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and all of a sudden they're talking. And you see the subtitles you're like what the hell?
0: Oh yeah, hundred yeah, percent. So. It, uh... Yeah, so uh like we said the the whole time there these like these swedish subtitles going but like after a while you realize that these subtitles aren't really they're not really like yeah. conveying they're not really conveying the credits because like half like partway through this it turns like a they into like a tourism ad for Sweden.
1: Yeah, which again it was the beginning of this where i'm starting to put pieces together and reading the subtitles oh wait a minute this is part of the film so yeah i, I did i did think that was funny though that their uh, choice to open the film like
0: this yeah which i, I do appreciate when comedies do that because like yeah t- take it, take advantage of that because like you have this credit this, this, like opening credits like no one no one like really likes but for people who worked on the film like make, make it fun for the audience I think it was. like yeah. It was a great creative choice to do that because, uh, yeah, like the whole time, like we've seen like the thing, but like they're, like trying to sell Sweden, like, come, like come visit, visit Sweden, see lots of lovely lakes and majestic moose. My favorite one is a mo- <laughs> A moose bit my sister once. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, right after that. Uh right after that, uh like the crutch grind to a halt and they're just like, sorry, people people are charging the subtitles. People people are charging the subtitles have been sacked. Continue. And then they but like it keeps going. Yeah. Yeah, so like, yeah, the Dutch Control, like, we apologize for the fault, we apologize for the fault in the subtitles Those responsible have been sacked. Which is which is British slang for fired. Uh so it can so it continues. <laughs> Actually, and like That gets subtitled, and then they're just like... And then, like, it stops again. Like, we apologize again for the fault of the subtitles. They're responsible for the sacking. Those people have been sacked. Have been sacked. So, we got someone else to do the credits. But... (laughs) And I do like that the credits had their own story. Because you can tell, like, the people who got fired somehow just, like, broke into the editing bay (laughs) and just started messing with the subtitles. Because you have, like, every other... Every uh, like title screen now has like a, a moose something. It's like moose trainer. It's like moose choreographer. Yeah. Moose effects. Moose <laughs> costumes. And it's just like and yeah, it, it keeps going. And so it's like the direct and then so yeah, the director of the firm, the firm hired to continue the credits after the other people had been sacked, which to be known that they had just been sacked. And then, like, the credits have been completed in a entirely different style at great expense at the last minute, and it just completely changes. <laughs> it's all like yeah. it's bright, colorful, as always, like, direct, there's all these, like, like, bright lights flashing and, like, Mexican music. <laughs> Every other word in the credits is llama, <laughs> which, yeah, uh, because of that, this movie now has a grand total of oh, let me count over 70,000 directors. <laughs> because you can get to the direct, directed by scenes like 40 specially trained Ecuadorian mountain llamas, six Venezuelan red llamas, 142's, 142 Mexican llamas, 76,000 battery llamas, and Terry Gilman, Terry Jones, who did direct the movie. But uh, as, as per the film, this movie has 76,000 directors. Uh, so now we, get into the actual, now we get to the actual film. Uh, opens up in England, 932 AD. We meet our main character, King Arthur, played by Graham Chapman. So the thing about Graham Chapman is he was the, well, he was the first python to pass away because he got, he got really sick. He had cancer. Passed away, I think, in 89. Maybe. I might be wrong about that. But the thing about him is he was always, of the pythons, he was considered like the most, he was the straight man of the bunch which is why, like, if you look at okay. his, his movies, he was always like the lead. Like, he plays King Arthur in this one. He was Brian, Life of Brian, and he was actually like a really, he was, like a really good actor. And yeah, he was. He's kind of the one that kind of offset all the insanity of the and all the zaniness of the other Pythons. So uh, we meet them. We see the first running joke in the movie. It's the fact that uh, his his uh, squire Patsy behind him is. <laughs> you, hear, you hear the clopping but it's not because he's yeah. riding a horse he's he's using coconuts which yeah. that <laughs> was a, that was a thing out of necessity like the whole reason that happened because because of the budget they couldn't afford actual horses they're just like okay what's the easy thing to do yeah Let's get some coconuts clack them together <laughs> and that and that's become like and that's, that's the thing like you see like because of the lack of money some of these things become iconic like, that coconut thing is absolutely iconic like Every everybody knows yeah. from this movie. Everybody who knows this movie knows. Like the thing, you're like coconuts clacking together. You think of you think of this movie.
1: Well, even the practicality of it too. Like even if you're not even like watching, like if you just like turn your head to the side, I mean you would think, oh
0: yeah, he's riding a horse. <laughs> did you did you think he was riding? Kind a, of funny. Did you think he was riding a horse at first? Or.
1: Uh, uh no i actually saw the the, uh, the idiot bag the coconuts all right relax <laughs> I,
0: would, I mean you, you, you try you try to turn off Swedish subtitles that you didn't even put on so I, just, I had to make sure i did i mean
1: i, I i'm blonde i'm not that blonde but thank you
0: <laughs> uh, so yeah so uh he reaches a castle and he just starts arguing about like you're using coconuts yes where did you get a coconut's <laughs> It's like it's like, swallow, like swallows. My, like swallows go south for which you're Like are you just coconuts migrate? So like they're, they're discussing like the logistics of getting a coconut in England at this at this time of year because it's impossible the climate. Now this is the joke that they actually do bring back, and it's a genius way in which they bring it back. And thinking, thinking, the only thing you know about this one is the fact that they talk about, you know, they mention the velocity of a swallow. And they've also they bring up African and European swallows, so oh, again, yeah, I yeah, know yeah, what you are talking remember about. Remember that because they they do bring that back, yeah, because
1: it comes back.
0: Yep, the the first like couple minutes is first like couple like twenty thirty minutes of movies really just like going in between different scenarios. Like the next one, we see that well, this is this is early, this is like tenth century England, so they're going through the plague. <laughs> Like you see, you see them collecting. They're them going dead through bodies. some stuff. They're going. Through, they're going through some some things.
1: <laughs> they're going through some stuff, guys. Let, let them learn. It's a rough times. Uh, rough times, yeah, there, guys. Rough
0: times in England. Like we see that they're collecting. They're collecting uh, dead bodies. What this scene really had nothing to do with anything. But I do like is the whole bring out your dead, ding, bring out your dead. Uh, <laughs> I do like one, like one, they're trying to give one guy away. Just like I'm not dead yet. Like, you oh, the dude's not even dead. Yeah, like oh, yeah. No, no, you'll, you'll be, will be dead in a few days. Now, just, just, shut up. Yeah, <laughs> and there's like look my away. wife, my my wife liked that. Look, look away, and then just like <laughs> wax him in the head. <laughs> and yeah, like yep, good, good luck. It's pretty much like it's pretty much just Arthur. this, this seems like pretty much just Arthur going through all these various scenarios, and you also like see like the range of each Python because like there's. There's one. There's like at least like one or two in every scene. Like this one features like Eric and uh, Eric and who's the other one? Michael. Eric and Michael. The next one is Terry Jones and Michael. He was always famous for doing like the lady voice. And I do like this ne- this next scene where like They're discussing the the logistics of the uh, the government they're in. We're just like talking about like democracy and like the fact that we're we're in a vicious dictatorship. And he's like talking back to the, ki- the like the king Leo standing right there. I do I did like that scene. Like it's one of my favorite lines. Was like help help I'm being repressed. Did you see him repressing me? Did you see him repressing me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did like that one. But like I think like these scenes like help illustrate that like, a, a great thing. Like all most of them had actually not most of them all of them had. the fact, like a lot of them like really blend in well to like any role they were given. Like half, yeah. like half the time you don't you don't even know which Python you're looking at. Until like they like get like, yeah, a, little take, like, I, get, like a really I'll good that, shot at yeah. the face, and like until they get, like until they get like a really good shot at the face, you don't really know like who's in the scene you're watching, and and I attribute yeah, that no, to I, the I comedic and acting chops of each one of these guys.
1: Yeah, because they all blend; it all meshes like it meshes in together.
0: So yeah, going to the next, scene, this is the one of the infamous ones: the Black Knight duel. So King Arthur has to get past the Bla- the Black Knights, who's a famous person in uh, medieval lore. Which, by the way, is Terry Jones, it, not Terry Jones, Terry Gilliam in the suit. So the thing about Python that you should know is the fact that every one of them had their own kind of like they had their own specialty when it came to comedy. Because like you had Grant Chapman who was the straight man, you had Eric Idle who was like good at songs, uh, Terry Jones who was like really good at the zany stuff, Michael Palin who was good at like the wide eyed naivete or uh, John Cleese, who gave, like, the the dignified comedy, dignified, like, misplaced comedy. And then you had Terry Gilliam, who he was not, he, by his own admission, was not as good of an actor, as good of an on-screen presence as the rest of the Pythons. So what they do, they put him in any, any excuse they had to put him in a costume or a ton of makeup, they took it. And I think that's funny. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, it's him in the Black Knight costume fighting Arthur. So uh, they fight for a bit, then he cuts off his arm. He's just like okay, I won. He no, didn't. What? He's like it's it's just a flesh wound. He's like no, <laughs> it's not your arms off. That's funny, yeah. Because I do like the fact that no matter what happens, this black knight will not give up this fight.
1: No, he's very very prideful. He's like, yeah, like
0: t- one tis, arm one arm down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like I I do like the four, like I've had worse. Come on. Like no you like no you have not Yeah. So uh, he he cuts off one arm, he cuts off the other. <laughs> then he cuts off both his legs, and he's just like, okay, how about we call it a draw? <laughs> <laughs> and something I admire is the fact that, like, yeah, like I admire that the Black Knight doesn't give up. And it's, it's yeah, this whole scene whole scene is hilarious. One of the most quoted scenes in this movie for good reasons. Great, great scene. And yeah, this it's actually like being able to talk about it now because this feeds into something that we talked about Billy Madison way back in our, I guess, what's well, not our classic, right? You can go back, and check that out. A big criticism I had of that is the fact that a lot of these scenes are really, they're isolated jokes. Because Yeah. Like in Billy Madison, I had criticism like a lot of the scenes were isolated jokes, where like a lot of the jokes were, a lot of the scenes were set up to tell one joke. As soon as that joke was over, move on, and the next scene we had nothing to do with it. Now, Monty Python and the Holy Grail did a lot of the same stuff because yeah. especially in this first in this first act a lot of these scenes are really just set up for one particular joke differences these jokes make these jokes make me laugh yeah yeah like especially when we cut to we cut to the next scene uh, this is this is where we meet our next major character Sir Bedivere, played by Terry Jones you can tell they actually took a lot of care into like the crafting of the medieval stuff in this world because uh, Terry Jones is actually like, he's a big fan of like midi- of like medieval times and like Arthurian legend and stuff like that. So much so, they actually like later on in life actually wrote a couple books about it that, that, that actually got published, which I think is very oh. interesting. <laughs> and so uh, we cut to the next scene, which is a witch trial. Which, if you look at, if you look at witch trials, how they actually took place, they're actually a lot like this. Yeah, <laughs> and I do love. I I do love the leap in logic where they're like they're trying to prove this one girl is a witch. Like it has like a, a parsnip to her nose. They're just like, okay, we did do the nose and the hat, but she is a witch. And she turned me into a newt last week. I got better. And, yeah. and he's and he's, not, and he's like a guy. And so <laughs> I do love this whole leap in logic where it's just like, okay, why do witches burn? They're made of wood, exactly. And what does wood do? It floats. I said, how do how do we test she's a witch? Make a bridge out of her. Can bridge make a bridge out of stone? Oh yeah, wood floats. What else floats? A duck. So the whole thing is, if she weighs the same amount as a duck, that means yeah. she's a witch. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs>
0: which is a whole commentary on the insanity of witchcraft. Because like it, back then, you it, like if a woman like could solve a math problem, she was a witch. Yeah,
1: she was different than the the the. I guess the majority of people. If she was "quote unquote" different, she was a witch. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, t- so she goes on the scale. She somehow weighs the exact same amount. And I do love her reaction. We're just like, "What are you gonna do?" <laughs> and then they go. And then they yeah. assumingly <laughs> go to burn her at the stake. And weirdly enough, the rest of the the rest of the night at the round table are recruited are recruited off screen. Like, we we then cut to the book of the film. We find out that after recruiting Bedivere, he recruited Lancelot, uh, Galahad, and Sir Robin. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying, trying to find out his actual title. It was like, the, it's Sir Robin, the not quite so brave as Sir Lancelot. And then, like, <laughs> lists a bunch of battles that he ran away from. He's like, nearly yeah. sent the chicken to Bristol, who had personally won himself the Battle of Bannon Hill. And by the way, uh, the pers- the woman flipping the pages in this in this scene is actually Terry Gilliam's wife. I'm not sure if was wife at the time. No. Yeah, it's Terry Gilliam's wife. And uh, the final night, sir, not appearing in this film, the picture it's like it's like a knight's hood with a baby in it, and the baby is actually Michael Palin's son at the time. Why did I say at the time? <laughs> He's still his son.
1: Yeah, say, so he was, after the film, he was not his <laughs> after, after the film, he was disowned. Yeah, 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 got, got to return the kid. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> to, to keep the receipt, I'm returning it. <laughs> it's within 24 hours. This is good, right?
0: Yeah, which, by the way, Michael Palin, only real knight in this film, received knighthood last year. Huh. Uh, so, which which is crazy to think. I, I was shocked to find that like, he was the only one that was knighted out, out of the five of these guys, or out of the six of them. Although I'm not sure... Terry, I'm not sure Gilliam would qualify for knighthood just because he was American-born. You might need, might need yeah. to be like nat- naturalized British citizen to become a knight. But yeah, anyways, <laughs> um, they get to, as they will tell you in the movie Camelot, Camelot, Camelot. It's only a model. Shh. And yeah, <laughs> actually, like a jab, another jab at the budget because, again. Because limited budget all the castle interiors were actually shot in they rented out one castle Russell one <laughs> every interior was shot in the same castle although looking at this movie you, you would never tell
1: no because they did a good job moving moving it around to where it would it broke up the you know what I mean like you recognizing the inside of the structure and being like oh this
0: is the same thing. Yeah, they did
1: did a really good job with that.
0: It's props to the set designers who like managed to it's kinda of like with with like stunt work. Like you have like a team of ten guys. How do you make ten guys feel like twenty? How do you make them feel like a hundred? It's like we have this one castle, how do you make it feel like a different castle here, a different castle here, a different castle here? You had to take a lot of precautions and a lot of like different approach to set design, which they really take advantage of. Like looking at it, like looking at this movie, you would never tell these were all shot in the same place. No. So yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> and then he's like, "We ride to Camelot's," and all of a sudden, it turned into a musical. What? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. So we get the Knights of the Round Table song, which, which funny enough, watching this, I always try to figure out wh- like, which which knight was which Python. It wasn't until I watched it this time that I realized Graham Chapman's not in this scene. Okay. Yeah. So it's uh. It's uh the two t- it's the two Terries, John Eric and uh, Michael and their songwriter who's like unofficially considered the Six Python. I can't think of his name right now, but he's also the guy who sings Sir Robin's theme later in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> I
1: mean, okay, I, mean, that guy. I know who
0: you're talking about. Yeah, so they yeah so they they come and they sing the song. It's almost like something you would see at like Disneyland or like a Six Flags stunt show. <laughs> It doesn't doesn't it have that feel to it, but like but like that I mean that in a good way. But doesn't it have that feel to it.
1: No, it, it absolutely does. Yeah, I can I, I completely agree. Yeah, it, it does have that type of feel to it.
0: Yeah, it's 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 zany. They go all out. They really they really commit, and also also like the song is like ungodly catchy. It
1: is. It, it's like, but it's so bad. It's catchy. You know what I mean? It's one of those like, like the just like like um. I compare it like almost like now how you have Baby Shark. Like I know a lot of people don't like that song, but like I have a child, so you hear it a lot. Yeah. But it is it can get it can, it can get catchy, and it gets kind of in your head, and it gets embedded in your head like that. So it's
0: but like, kind of but like similar to that, I guess. I don't think it's like a poorly written song. It's actually like the, the lyric the lyric work in this is actually like really well done. Like, the point like like halfway through, starts thinking about how like how how hard this song is to sing.
1: Yeah, and I and I like it at the end like how you were talking about how like later on during the film like where um I can't think I don't, because of how how you even said it, all the characters kind of mesh together but the one who's who's singing behind him and he keeps singing about like it's so funny though like the the, the stuff that
0: like Oh he, the, like, the, the he's singing about the, it's like the prince character like, tells of like Oh no no I'm sorry I'm sorry the, yeah, the Sir Sir, I, Sir Robin's uh, entourage ukulele guy yeah, right?
1: it's hilarious. Uh, th- that part, that stuff's really funny.
0: Yeah, and again, like uh, uh, Eric's specialty was uh, actually you know use the musical Python with so much so that he actually like he actually wrote the book for the Monty Python Broadway show Spamalot that okay that uh, started a few years back. He he was he was the one behind that show. So yeah, uh, they uh, so yeah they uh, <laughs> this the song wraps up. He's just like, you know what? Let's not go to Camelot. A, tis a silly place. <laughs> and then and then they and they keep going. And this, this is where we get into like the 30 minutes in, this is where we get to the real plot of the film. Uh, they get a they get, uh, God come before them. A uh, god who was animated by Terry Gilliam. I'm not sure who has the voice of him. I think I think Graham Chapman does the voice, if I'm not mistaken, but he's basically like, hey, go find the <laughs> I need you to go find the holy grail. Good idea, Lord. of course, it's a good idea, and so yeah, that's basically gonna be the plot of the movie. Now it's gonna be the quest for the Holy Grail, and I'm laughing now because I know how this quest ends, and I think I think the way it ends is pretty funny. And in between scenes, now they get we get these like little like graphic animations. Which what did you, you think of these? Because these are all animations done the by an- Terry Gilliam. Uh, I mean,
1: I like that. I think they kind of like kind of like moves the story along i i mean I, I did like it you know again having no like background knowledge of this type of stuff this was like my first exposure to this right because it was one of those things and i i've said it before and i you know it was one of the types of you know films where i knew british humor was a little bit different you know the way they, the storytelling and just everything in general um just with their types of films and stuff like that i know that this was one it was just one of the ones like to me it was just something i just i couldn't get into um I don't know if it was just because I just couldn't get into it. Or I just, I kept talking myself out of it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but no, I did not, I did overall appreciate the film and I, and we'll talk about it later on down the, the back end of, of this review. But um, no, I did like the, uh, the animation in this too. Yeah. yeah
0: it's done where it takes t- inspiration from like Renaissance paintings and it's like kind of like anima- yeah. animated, animated motion, which I do think is gr I do think it's like a really great style of animation. <laughs> I think, I think it's, and like you said, I think it does really help the flow of the film, and it also does squeeze yeah. in a lot of jokes into these. Because some like some some really good jokes come out. Is like, in, in between animations, so they get to a castle, who, which is somehow for some reason run, run by the French, don't ask. <laughs> but they're they're everywhere. They're everywhere. <laughs> uh, they're dealing with they're dealing with a French guard played by John Cleese. <laughs> it's just like are, are are you french what are you doing in england like i'm no, sorry the line is, are you french yes got you tell but my ridiculous accents <laughs> It's like what are you doing in England? <laughs> and so they're like we're looking for the holy grail it's like oh yeah well, we we already got one it's like you already have one <laughs> can we see it and again this is, this is another <laughs> joke they bring back in like a really unexpected way that we're, we'll we'll get we'll get to when we get there but yeah this this pl- this does play on the whole english french rivalry which is a very real thing okay which
1: is a real thing yeah
0: <laughs> yeah so uh we so yeah they decide to take the castle by force and well a- oh sorry they take a castle by force after they use a catapult to launch a cow at one of the, one of the squires
1: that's, uh, this part here is really funny
0: yeah so they decided to charge the wall and they're just throwing they're literally throwing everything at these guys they're throwing like cats, chickens everything, <laughs> but, the, everything but the kitchen sink everything but the kitchen sink it, it would have been funny if like in the background they actually threw a kitchen sink yeah. but I imagine that would have been so that would have been, yeah. been costly and probably pretty dangerous <laughs> so.
1: yeah yeah, especially if that
0: strikes somebody by accident <laughs> yeah but yeah, they, they did not have the money to pay, to pay for a lawsuit if it happens no, absolutely not. But yeah, so uh, they started doing with like literally everything but the kitchen sink, <laughs> and then we're just like, we got to take that castle somehow. And the bed of like, I got an idea. So inspired by the Romans, they build a Trojan rabbit. <laughs> <And> this is, <was, laughs> but the thing this is, is like, funny too. Yeah, they set it up, but then it cuts like to the to the wide shot, and you realize they, <laughs> none of them got inside. They're 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 not they're not in it. Yeah, they're not. And they're just like okay, so now. In the middle of the night, me, Lancelot, and Galahad will get out of the rabbits and go. Oh wait, we didn't get inside. Okay, It's like the moments past. we <laughs> build a big wooden battery. <laughs> Uh But it wouldn't. Have, it w- but probably, thank God they were. They weren't in it because uh, they do not fall for it. The little, the rabbit launches right back out into the thing, and I'm not sure how they did this. I'm not sure if it, like if this is forced perspective or they actually like. Built and dropped a giant wooden rabbit, but either way, like it looks incredibly. No matter what they did, if it is forced perspective, it perspective. It looks incredibly convincing.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say it definitely looks convincing for sure.
0: Yeah, but now we cut to a a, a, literally a character named a famous historian telling us about how you know uh, about about the adventures of Arthur, giving us like a little go between between (laughs) uh, between scene. (laughs) This so this guy. Yes, yeah, so uh defeated the castle it seems to so utterly disheartened Arthur, and then they're talking about how the French took him by surprise When out of nowhere <laughs> this knight comes out and just like cuts him down and it's it's such an out of it's such an out of nowhere scene even for this movie, it seems out of nowhere. It's not until yeah. like the movie's all like done that you see that you really see the point of this film. So yeah, this this dude gets killed. His wife is there, and this is where we break up into we break up into each night has their own kind of segment. So we start with the tale of Sir Robin, who again he's the he's the cowardly knight. He's played by Eric Idle. So he's going off, and this is the scene we were talking about when we were talking about earlier when he has this dude following him. We basically singing his theme song about
1: it's hilarious so it really is funny
0: yeah about how he's going to about how he'll like do anything for camelot he'll die he'll get this in battle <laughs> do all these <laughs> things <laughs> and the whole time he's looking like i'm gonna <laughs> do what <laughs> so yeah he uh continues on into the forest he encounters this three-headed being I don't think he. I don't think he really has a name. <laughs> but they're just like they're just debating on which way he's going to kill you. And I do like the interaction between the three heads because you think about it. If you did have yeah. a being with three heads, this is probably how they would act. Even if it wasn't a comedy, it was
1: funny because they mentioned. Well, they mentioned the one. The one that he says, "Oh, you don't brush my teeth" or something like that. The one
0: in the middle, yeah. Does like, he
1: say something like that? No, he's just yeah, like yeah, the
0: one in the middle. He's just like your breath stings. He's like, well, you don't. Well, it's not my fault can. you don't brush. You don't brush my teeth. Yeah,
1: yeah. See, because he literally doesn't have the arms because he's not. He's in the middle. I, I thought that was kind of funny too.
0: Yeah, I, th- I do think it's like it's very brief. It's actually like a really like interesting look at the dynamic that would happen between some a guy that did have three heads, <laughs> and like by the time they're done bickering, like Sir Robin's gone. <laughs> And so uh, so yeah like Sir robin ran away Sir robin ran away (laughs) and he's like no is that when he
1: keeps yelling at him about stop like a stop singing or whatever yeah that's singing but
0: he keeps he keeps yelling at him yeah that's the this this is the part so now i I break off into sir galahad which is i think of the i I do like the segment is my least favorite of okay like okay it's it's my least favorite until halfway through because halfway through, it started becoming really funny. So Sir Galahad ends up in this castle full of all women. Which, by the way, uh, all the extras in this movie, every extra in this movie, quote, quote, extra, these are all either tourists or college students <laughs> because they, <laughs> oh, wow. could, they could not Jeez. afford real actors. They
1: needed I was going to say, they, they, they needed it. Yeah, they needed to
0: save money. Save Save a buck. Uh so yeah, they ended up he ends up in this monastery of all women because that's where he I think he had like a no, I'm sorry. He sees a signal that tells him the Holy Grail is there. He
1: see. he sees like a light like a light flickering or whatever in the he, castle. He, he sees the
0: is bat it? he sees the bat signal. But it's the holy grail. Yeah,
1: yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's the holy grail signal.
0: So uh, he goes in, and sees all women. They're all like, th- they like offering to, you know, take care of them. Like, oh, like, he's like, oh, you know, you're hurt. You must be taken care of by our doctors. Like these two like young, like gorgeous ladies, and he's just like they're doctors. <laughs> he's yeah. Like, oh, I mean, I do all right. <laughs> and they're just like, yeah, I mean, and I do like the scene where, like, because like it's the whole, jo- the whole joke for this is like, is like they're all trying to hit on him, and it seems like it's getting a little old until. <laughs> Like halfway through, she looks at the camera, just like right. That's what that's what that's what we're going with. Seems a little sexy, and then it just cuts to this. But like, this, this is why I think this thing is brilliant because, like, even the movie is admitting this is going on too long because it cuts to other characters in yeah. the film that you see later on, and they're just like, just get on with it, <laughs> just keep keep it moving. <laughs> Which I'm like, yeah, yeah. Look, looking back on this, like, that's that's genius. I'm like, a, a, a joke that, a, like, a joke that you're admitting is, like, a joke that's going on too long, you're admitting is going on too long, actually, and the fact, and the fact that you're acknowledging, and the fact that, like, you're doing something with it, like, you are, like, making it funny, and, Yeah, and I, and I do, I do find that with, like, a lot of these segments, like, a lot of these can start off, really, can start off, like, not on shaky ground, but they will evolve it into something, into something worthwhile, Um, no, I agree. Yeah, so <laughs> we see that uh, we see that they must pay the penalty, <laughs> you know, uh, because one of them lit, lit the signal, which it turns out is not a signal. that They have the Holy Grail, the signal that they, I can't remember what, what the signal was for. I don't know if you took notes on this one or not, but
1: uh, I I don't. All I have is now I have Castle Anthrax. Thinks the girl's there.
0: Just, yeah, no. I just realized the castle name is Castle's it's anthrax is <laughs> anthrax. Yeah
1: Anthrax. That's why I like <laughs> that too. I thought that was kinda of funny too.
0: Yeah, so uh every, every every girl wants the uh spanking punishment from Sir Galahad. He's about to indulge until Sir Lance Luck comes in he just like <laughs> he's like, You're in great peril. <laughs> you must have been silenced Temptress. And so they go in and they break <laughs> they go in and they break him out. And <laughs> just like that she's trying to like fend off all these women. And like, Sir Galahad, like, no, 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 way, I can, I can take And Keep in mind, he's Sir Galahad the pure, so he's kind of, he's going of, yeah. kind of keep going with that. one of the lines, like, right after the scene where he gets out and he's just like, actually, first of all, you got to say, like, I think, like, the only used profanity in this film is right here, where, like, Galahad gets out and he's like, oh, shit. I'm pretty sure that's the only used profanity in this entire movie, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, and the only other raunchy part that I thought was where the two doctors or whatever were putting, like, their hands, like, near, like, under his, like, uh, his pant area or whatever. Right. You know, you know what I'm talking about when he's laying down? Like, I thought that was a little bit raunchy for the t- – just for the PG rating. But I get it. The ratings were different, you know, back then. Oh, yeah. yeah and then yeah, kind of yeah. how you said the use of shit, I think, I think that's the only – I think that's the only, like, thing that's uh, really scandalous about it.
0: Yeah, so they get out one of my favorite lines when they come out, just like, it must, must let me go back and fa- back and face that peril. I'm like, no, it's too perilous. You can't do it. <laughs> uh so yeah, the ne- uh we get into scene twenty-four. Or literally, literally called scene twenty-four in the book of the film, <laughs> where um uh they see that uh, so uh Arthur and uh are consulting a a, uh, I don't know what you call him, like a, a warlock, a fortune teller. Not really, sure, I'm not really sure what the correct terminology is, but uh, he's someone who will come back later in the film. Uh, like, like I said, uh, like the movie said, the guy keep getting on with it. So they, But they're transported into the woods somehow, and that's when they encounter the knights who say, Ni. And the, the The spirits who haunt these woods, and in order to get past them they must bring them a shrubbery <laughs> which is just such a, it's just, just a random it's just such a random punchline <laughs> it is like it is it,
1: it is and even not like even obviously not having watched this film prior though you still had heard this before right so obviously it it, it, it in the lexicon of like movie quotes and stuff like that it's uh, it's pretty prolific prolific i should say
0: so yeah, uh, we also get, we also get like a, a quick cut back to uh, the woman whose husband got murdered. The police are investigating. It's so random. Well, it, it is random until you get to the end of the movie. Now we.
1: Like, yeah no, but I'm saying it's just such a random. I mean, like if, watching it for the first time and seeing that, and then right. it, they really like to cut back to this, and it's it's it is kind of funny.
0: Yeah, but like because it's, it's so yeah. random. Yeah, I, I know. Like like perspective of you, like the first the first time seeing yeah. that. I bet I bet you were like really, really confused,
1: yeah. right? I, I like I said, I, I really wasn't this is something I need to go back and rewatch, having kinda like taken it all in, you know what I mean? Right. Um just because like how you said, it was like you, you hit the, you know, nail on the head there with just how like at the beginning of the film, like just everything's moving and you're like, like, what the hell is going on? And just how like all these actors like Again, how we had said before, just kind of mesh into like you don't know who, who it is until you really see their face because it's like everybody acts
0: pretty much the same. Well, almost. well, it's not that, that they, it, they it, act it, they act their parts that they're given in any particular yeah. vignette well. Yeah. So like you don't you don't yeah. recognize no, and, and, what and, and the actor like, like
1: how, how you said yeah.
0: But yeah, sure. and this movie is also like really like packed to the brim with jokes. I think it's measure. I'm not sure what constitutes like a joke for this measurement, but it's, it's been. It's been determined that there was a joke in this movie every 10.5 seconds. So, I could see that. So yeah, you you there's always a chance you could miss something. Now th- now we enter into the to the I get well, I guess the last the solo vignettes. This is the tale of Sir Lancelot, which is my favorite of the of the bunch of these. Uh so basically the story of this one is that there is a prince, a, 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 albi- a an albino <laughs> prince in a castle. Who is being forced to marry <laughs> against his will. Now, I will say. He
1: really, almost reminds me. Good. He almost reminds me of uh, the. Um, uh, who was that hideous looking woman in uh, The Princess Bride? Almost kind of had the same type of appeal. The albino? Oh. You know what I mean?
0: The the one. No, not, not the one with uh, Billy Crystal's character, was it? No. Uh, like the, the Pit of Despair? Wait, are you talking about. Are you talking about Neverending Story or
1: no? No, 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 The Princess Bride. That she bride. was like an albino. I know
0: what you're talking about. I just can't think of. I just can't think of like.
1: And I, I wonder if it was paying kind of homage to Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I'm kind of curious. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I know
0: you're talking about. Can't think I of the don't know. Anyway,
1: name. the characters kind of acted similar. That's. Uh, I mean. I mean, obviously, that's right. that's basically what I was trying to get to.
0: Right, but anyways, which also uh, funny thing about the scene. I always. I I always like like confuse these actors. I always thought because it's it's Terry Jones the prince and Michael Palin as the the father slash king. I always thought I always thought it was the other way around, just <laughs> because of okay. the, it's because of the way they look. But anyways, uh, the son is being forced to marry against his will, and <laughs> there's a whole running joke where he wa- he's like tries to start a song, but the dad keeps stopping him. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's super funny. So, yeah. Th- so, yeah. He's being he's being held in this tower. He's got two guards. He's got two guards there. He's just like, look, now you keep him here until I come up and get him. But there's also like this really now the joke they kind of like a seen back and is forth about yeah back and forth on the, on the logistics of guarding this kid. And this is this is a joke that either you really like or you think goes on a little too long. I'm I'm kind of in the middle, We're like
1: I, I I know what you're talking about. It's like it's almost like I'll compare it to the family guy when Peter falls and he does that.
0: Ah, yeah, yeah. you know
1: what I mean? It goes on for just a, a couple seconds too too long. And I think that's what but, you're kind of getting but, at but with this that.
0: Is, this is weird for me. Like it goes on too long. It's like it, it, start, yeah. it starts funny then it becomes unfunny and then becomes funny. <laughs> it becomes funny again.
1: Yeah. Because it's going on so long. I think maybe yeah. it, it builds up a little bit more. Or talk, about, you know, talk, about humor. Another,
0: talk about another film we reviewed. Uh, uh, Drop dead Fred. The repetition in that movie went on to the point where a lot of the jokes be, just became funny out of absurdity.
1: Oh you <laughs> meant Freddy got
0: fingered. Oh, yes, I said drop that Freddy. I meant Freddie. Why do I do that? <laughs> Freddy got fingered. That's well, because you
1: about. wanted him. Because you wanted him to drop that. I did. I did I want the like dro-
0: I did want him to drop that. Oh, okay, it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's a little more complicated than that. I just didn't like it, but be, nevertheless. Ah. Uh...
1: I'll tell you what, it's still the
0: funniest part of Rip Torn pulling his pants out. Are you trying to fuck me?
1: <laughs> trying to fuck me? I still, uh, Rip Torn is like probably one of the best parts of that film, though, for sure.
0: <laughs> Get out of my, godda- right, sorry, yeah, my goddamn there. scuba gear. Get out of my goddamn scuba gear. Uh, <laughs> Daddy, would you like some sausage? Ding. That, that's that's going to greet me in hell. backwards
1: man or the backwards band.
0: That's going to greet me in hell, and that's how I. Am, that's how I will know I am in hell. <laughs> Uh, anyways, the backwards man, backwards man. Back to Monty Python. Get on, get on with it. Uh, yes, we're getting on with it. So, <laughs> back to Monty Python. Uh, back to the movie. So, <laughs> as soon as he, cle- he, as soon as he clears the idea of getting the gu- of getting the guards to you know guard him properly, he makes a note and just he makes a note, attaches it to an arrow, and just shoots it into the forest. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it's so random. It's though. so random. Was well, even more <laughs> random the fact that it just. <laughs> It just so happens Somebody's, to hit. Lent, yeah, just coincidence
1: has. Yeah, it's like
0: yeah. messes you up, and then he's just like, "I will get revenge for you." And then he's just like, "Oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm okay." But I like how he assumed like a woman wrote it. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I, I do think that I do think yeah. that's like a great, a great commentating on like yeah. gender, gender stereotypes, which especially like ahead of the time, ahead of the time for like the time, or like, yeah, because like you look yeah. at it. Look at like the portrayal of, like princesses like Disney movies. Like at the time, you had like Cinderella yeah. and Aurora and Snow White, which I mean they're a classic character, but they're not exactly like not exactly like female role models. If that makes any sense. You, you yeah, I
1: mean, I, I, I kind of get what you're saying.
0: They're not, they're not like strong like empowering female characters. Well, maybe Cinderella, you make you, like them,
1: the, not like. I, I get it, like like take somebody like Mulan, who's like yes. you know what I
0: mean. That's a great, like, or, or the, or like more, more or, in power, or, or more, like uh, Moana, yeah. who like or Moana, yeah, somebody, yeah, yeah, like but like she, she, yeah, they, they they came a long way. And this is kind of like commenting on that before even Disney started doing that, which, which I think is like really, really like really ahead of its time thing. So yeah, <laughs> it also just a running joke in this in this vignette where a Lancelot can't end a sentence. He's going I'm gonna get revenge yeah. for you and I swear on my and he just stops. Idiom sorry idiom And so yeah uh we go we go we go forward we see the wedding day going on and yeah this is another one like a lot a lot of the jokes in this Lancelot vignette I think like a lot of the jokes follow the same style where like they go they go on forever so like when the punchline hits it's just, I, I think that's like that's the whole thing when the punchline hits to these it makes it that much funnier like take the take this one for example when he's charging the castle it, like yeah. it, it will cut it'll cut to the to the castle guards and cut to lancelot running and no matter how many times they cut back to lancelot he hasn't moved yeah like I, I think like i think that is great like the staging of that is great i have no idea how it works I'm not sure if they had him, like, go back 10 yards every time and run 10 yards or, <laughs> or whatever, but it really looks oh, like he's, yeah, like... Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's it, hilarious. It, it looks like he's running in place, and I find that funny. And they it's, do it's, that. It's like, like he's on a treadmill. Yeah. No, exactly. It looks like he's on a treadmill. And they do that, like, 10 yeah. times. <laughs> so like, Yeah, it,
1: it is. that. That is really funny. I noticed that, like, the first couple, I'm like, well, he's running. I'm like, what well, the hell? He's not even, like, he hasn't gained any ground yet. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. They're doing it, like... They're they're spoofing it, they're just,
0: yeah. yeah. So they they cut back and like I don't like you don't know when he's gonna actually get to the castle, but he gets there, and he just, <laughs> all of a sudden he hits the door. And hits he the just door, starts yeah. massacring everyone. <laughs> and, uh, yeah,
1: this is something that's completely like wow. What the hell? What the hell is going on? Yeah,
0: but like it's crazy. It's 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 kind of it's kind of like the precursor to the the church massacre in Kingsman, where like
1: I was just gonna say that too. I was just gonna say that too. You you'd you beat me too. I literally <laughs> took it out of my mouth Art. Yeah, I I was gonna compare it to the Kingsman. Like,
0: yeah, he's, he's, he's stabbing everyone. He kicks he kicks the bride in the stomach. <laughs> it's it, it is like legitimately what, what was, funny.
1: Wasn't it uh Freebird that was playing? It was Free Bird. Oh, <coughs> someone, should,
0: someone should totally cut the we cut the scene to Freebird. I think it'd be funny.
1: That'd be there you have it. Kinda of do because I always think Freebird of two films. I think the devil's rejects at the end when they're driving. I think I'm pretty sure it's Free Bird. It is Freebird. And they're getting shot, and then and then the church massacre at Kingsman's Freebird. Little right. pointless movie knowledge,
0: whatever. But yeah, he <laughs> uh, he gets up to the tower and he sees that he is not there to save a fair maiden. He is there to save. He is there to save a prince. He's <laughs> just like, oh, so that's like, I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I I'm sorry, I, I must be in the wrong room. He's like, you got my
1: note. <laughs> and he's he's like the
0: rescue him from his dad.
1: Yeah, he's hilarious.
0: He's so confused. Like the dad comes back and he's just like, he was like, uh, he's like, I'm sorry. I thought you're, I thought you're, uh I, I thought your boss was young woman. And it, it is real. It is like they once again bring it back because look, the, the son's about to sing again. The dad comes back like, no, no 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 stop that stop that stop that. He's like, who are you? He's like, I'm Sir Lancelot. <laughs> and yeah, they're like discussing the whole logistics of this thing. And they're like, while this is going on, the son fashioned a rope out of bed sheets <laughs>
1: and it, you know you know that it clearly is short there's no way that it has enough uh you know length to it to, to, get, him down, to get him down especially there. from as high up as they are
0: yeah so uh he he presumably falls to his death so we are just like okay we gotta go make this right <laughs> but uh then he uh, but then Landfluff starts massacring people again, and he's just like, oh, "I'm sorry. See, see what happens. Like, I I get carried away. I, I apologize." <laughs> so, uh, the whole thing. He tries to, since his son is dead, and the wedding didn't officially take place. He's just like, "I officially adopt my the the bride is my own daughter because the whole thing is he wants to you know take take her her uh, sets of land with her with with him. He wants to he wants to combine their kingdoms. Yeah. So. <laughs> He just like and because of the brides because of the death of the, of the brides father he's like oh he's not dead yet he's like because of the fatal wounding of the brides father he's like oh he's going to be fine <laughs> and he just has him killed yeah <laughs> yeah so he's yeah, like i propose that Ma had, uh, he marry sir he marry sir lancelot He's like oh yeah the, oh the prince isn't dead he's <laughs> just like how did you survive and now the prince finally gets his song although the, I, the 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 greatest punchline of this joke is the fact that we never hear him sing. Yeah. <laughs> his song starts but he doesn't get to sing it. <laughs> I do I think that's a great a great punchline to this joke. And that's where his segment and that's that where the funny. Lancelot segment ends. So we cut back to that's where we cut back to Arthur and Bedivere. So yeah, uh, once again they're on their quest to find a shrubbery for the knight to Saint knee. Which I guess is kind of like saying Voldemort in the Harry Potter world, just something you don't do. Because they try to go to this one lady and just like we're not just saying don't say that word. It's just like okay, give us a shrubbery or else. And they're starting saying knee. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's like torture. But then oh what? They find they find a sh- they find a shrubber. and then so they, they get they get them a shrubbery, and then they ask for they ask for something else. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> Beside bes- 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 the shrubbery, um, I think they wanted another shrubbery to make like a, like a, I think it was like a two level. They basically wanted someone to like do their do their front garden. <laughs> <laughs> which I, which I yeah, I mean that in and of, of itself is funny. <laughs> so so we also find out that throughout this, in, they also find like they, they also have a weakness word. And their weakness. Did you notice what their weakness word was? Once, once you, you picked it out. What's their weakness? What? Because like the knights, oh, the wait, knights uh, Husseini had a had a word that was their weakness. You know what it was?
1: Oh, uh, Christ! I can't. Even, I I forget. I forget. I I, I can't think of it. word. What was, is it? The word was it. It. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, okay. they, ne-
0: they never say it. You can't. You kind of had to put the piece together yourself. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, they regroup with Sir Robin and they regroup with uh, Galahad and Bedivere. We find out that they're this movie actually has like a way longer scope than I thought it did because they're apparently on this quest for like a year. <laughs> uh, so they're going forth, and like this is where we meet. Uh, when we get to the get on with it segment, we see a wizard with like devil horns and like like a big a big like long beard played by John Cleese. We find out this is this is the Enchanter, and there are some who call him Tim. Tim the Enchanter. <laughs> so they're looking for the holy ground. He knows the location of a cave where this takes place. Or where, where that's going to give him the answers to this. But it's guarded by it's guarded by a mighty guardian. And the, the <laughs> they're, bu- they're building up the way of like, oh shit, what's it going to be? And it's a rabbit. Uh, this is funny, though. This is super funny. It's yeah. a
1: it's a it's a small rabbit. Yeah, it's hilarious.
0: hilarious. <laughs> like, he's like, <laughs> okay, well, go kill it. He says, "What I said, go kill it," and I'm not sure. I'm not sure how they pulled this off, well, Okay, I, I do know how. But like it's it's seamless in the way they do it, because like then I just jumps off and like bites the knight's head off, or the rabbit jumps up and bites the, <laughs> the knight's head off.
1: It's like a scene from a it's like a scene from a horror movie. It is. It, it,
0: it's like it seems like a like a B it's, horror it, film. It's, it's hilarious. It is funny. It is really funny though. And at least it's yeah. At least a scene where they begin to fight. This ultra quick carnivorous rabbit, <laughs> and, and yeah, they, they just can't seem to kill this thing. <laughs> so yeah, they they have no choice but to run away. All their other all their other knights are killed, so they have they have no other they have no other way to beat this. But they have to summon the holy hand grenade of Antioch,
1: which I think this is funny though because of the fact that when they run away, they're not that far away from the rabbit. Actually,
0: no. He's
1: they're literally, they're literally, they're right by the cave. Like they're not, they didn't really go that far. Well, that's a, that's, rec- that's that a recurring
0: that's a recurring thing when they run away from anything. They they never run that far yeah, away. Yeah.
1: No, it's it's like a couple steps and you're, you're safety all of a sudden. You know what I mean? I just think that's kind of funny.
0: So, anyways, they get they get the holy hand of Antioch from two monks, and it's very important. They make it very clear that you have to count to three. That <laughs> you have to count to three before. Before throwing the thing, but <laughs> it's an it's a, it's a recurring joke they introduced just now, twenty minutes away from the film finishing. Unless I, unless I missed it in the, in before, but I don't think I did. Which I do I do find it funny. Like not very not many movies can not very many movies can introduce a recurring joke now and make it work. But Arthur, they have a recurring joke where Arthur he he constantly mixes up threes and fives. Okay, yeah. And and they keep that going throughout the rest of the film, which I, I appreciate the commitment. They could have just stopped it right here, but they do it. So it's just like, all right, count to, all right, count to three. One, two, five. Three, sir. Three. <laughs> and, <laughs> it, and then they throw it, and the rabbit gets, rabbit gets blown up again. And again, right after that, we cut back to the cops, still trying to find evidence of the people who murdered uh, the historian's husband. And then we go into the into the cave where we see they have cave drawings of the location of the Holy Grail. We find out that it is in the castle of. Uh... <laughs> oh,
1: this <laughs> is good. This is good, one too. Which,
0: yeah. I do like this <laughs> because, like, what's the castle of. This, uh, this is super funny. You must have died while carving gets... it. <laughs> it's like, how does that make any sense? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was dictating. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. When suddenly they're attacked by a vicious cave monster. Yeah. He, he this e- is funny. He eats the monk, carries on, he's chasing the knights, and it will. All hope seemed lost until the animator died of a heart attack, and then well, it's the funny because the, the the
1: the black beast just disappears. Because it's funny because literally he, the animator that was animating the black beast is dead, so he obviously can't draw him anymore. So he just like disappears. I think
0: that's really funny. Yeah, again, like some of some of the ways they, I mean, this would <laughs> this wouldn't take much more budget. I mean, at least I don't think it would have, but. Yeah, some of the ways they get around some of these jokes, it's it's great. Like it's uh, Yeah, get, this this part this part's really funny. Again, lack of money leads to more creativity, which leads to like some really great memorable scenes like this. Uh, the police are investigating the rabbit the rabbit murders. And so they keep going, and this is where we get to the bridge scene where the uh, guardian of the bridge, the guy, the disfigured one with the blind eye we saw earlier. He guides the bridge. He and he asks you five questions. I'm sorry, three questions. If you answer correctly, you get to pass. So, uh Lancelot goes first. The question's like, "What is your name?" "What is what is your quest?" "Find the Holy Grail." "What is your favorite color?" "Blue." Okay, go ahead. <laughs> 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 so like Rohan so like, good.
1: It's funny cuz you think that that's how he's going to you think that that's how his questions are going to go. Like that's, how, that's each, how they're all going to go. Uh yeah, that I, I think this is funny too. Yeah,
0: so anyways, he, uh, we then go to uh, Sir Robin is next. He answers like, yeah, so the question three. He's just like, what is your name? What is your quest? What is the capital of Assyria? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> and then he's just throw, he's thrown <laughs> over the edge. And uh, he's flung up in the air. It's funny. Yeah, so what is the capital of Assyria? I don't know that. <laughs> uh, so then up next is Sir, Gal- <laughs> Sir Galahad. So he's like, so he gets, what is your name? What is your quest? What is your favorite color? Blue. No, wait. And then he's thrown over. So Sir Galahad dies.
1: Because he didn't give him a a straight answer.
0: Yes. He hesitated. He hesitated. Don't hesitate. Blue. No, wait. Ah! No, yellow. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, Then we get to, to King Arthur. And he's like, what is your name? What is your quest? What? is the airspeed philosophy, to unladen swallow. African and European. He's like, I don't know that. And then the guy is flung over the edge. That's funny, yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, that is, I, especially because, like, that's like, that's like getting the punchline to a joke you didn't know was being told.
1: But then I like how they set it up previously at the beginning.
0: No, they did. But like, wow, you know, were saying the,
1: that, the way it portrayed, with the yeah, swallows. Yeah you,
0: you d- yeah, you didn't know it was set up. It's just like, you just thought it was yeah. like a random thing. No,
1: but but having, having you know what I mean, taken it in and like dissected it, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're like, like, oh, wait, they, you wouldn't know that the first watch, but now thinking about it, you're like, oh, shit, that's right. That was
0: mentioned at the beginning of it. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's, it's funny. It's, it's, yeah. it's, la- it's laying the seeds, and that was harvesting yeah. the seeds of that joke. Uh, so we, we also we get an intermission. Yeah, it makes sense to have that ten minutes away from the movie being over. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, we continue. It looks like Sir Lancelot has been apprehended by the police. So it's just better Bediv- it's just Veer and uh Arthur now. So they get to the castle where the Holy Grail is said to be. But oh no, guess who's already there? The French. Those Thieving dogs. The thieving French dogs have already taken the castle, which means they had the Holy Grail. So, no. so the only the only solution is they have to take the castle by force. So, they recruit a, a massive army of a massive army of soldiers and a massive and an even more massive army of people just carrying coconuts to play the horse they're supposed to go out on. Uh, so. Yeah, they all get ready for this giant siege. Uh, they get they get ready. They're about to charge, but right when right when they do charge, like these three police squad cars and, and like vans come up, arrest King Arthur and Bedivere, and then the movie ends. Yeah, in the movie called Monty Python and the Holy Grail, they never find it. <laughs> that's yeah, which that's why I like. I just, it was so abrupt, and I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, well, what the fuck here? Like, yeah. Yeah, watching that, like, watching that you'd be confused. You're just like, wait, that's it? Movie's over? I, I was pissed. Like, I was
1: like, well, what the hell here? I was like, yeah, kind of how you said It's like, you want the closure. You never get the closure. Well, but,
0: but okay, but, but here's the thing. It's, 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 it's confusing until you realize the joke. You see, the whole, the whole plan originally was to have this whole big battle sequence, but, again, money. Yeah. So what do they do? They literally cop out on the ending they, yeah the ending is because game. they don't have the money to actually do it yeah yeah so the, so what do they do they make they make the world's greatest cop out literally cop out yeah so cool. yeah and that's it and that's where the movie ends so russell as someone who had never been familiar with monty python with their comedy with their style uh as a yeah. fresh fan what did you think of this movie overall
1: I honestly didn't think it was as bad as I, uh, initially was thinking in my head. I mean, I did appreciate like, kind of, I think revealing it and talking about it kind of makes me put it a little bit more under a microscope and like, think about it. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but I, I did, I did enjoy the film. There's a lot of, there's a lot of funny parts in the film that I, I, I enjoyed. Um, is it my, is it my cup of tea? So to speak, it's not, but it's still, you know what I mean? You still have to appreciate what they did. Um, and just how I said before, like, just the importance of the film just in, like, you know, the lexicon of, like, movie, you know, enthusiasts. You know, it's, it's there. It has such a cult following. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I did enjoy the film. I'm not taking anything away from it. Um, I'm glad it was something that, <clears throat> that you pushed for because I don't know if I would have watched it. It just was one of those things where it's the, – the humor thing just never – I don't know. I just always – and it is kind of stupid humor. It is. Um, but I don't know if I would have, uh, actually watched it, you know, had you not said, Hey, I think we should just do this for the next episode.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I adore this one. It's one of my favorite comedies of all time. This, I, mm-hmm. this, this movie I can watch. I can watch movie on at any time and it will never fail yeah. to get me to laugh. I think it's great. I think it's hilarious. Uh, I love Monty Python, The Trip. I, love, I, I, I'm, I'm the opposite of you. I do, I do love British comedy. Yeah. It really appeals I mean, to me. it is. Yeah. Good.
1: And maybe it's something. Maybe it's something just because of the fact that maybe I haven't uh, del, you know, do, you know, delve into, I should say, a lot of British comedies. Maybe that's right. why. Um, but it's not like I'm opposed to it. I'm never, you know, coming to watch movies. I'm never closed minded. I always try to watch things with you know fresh pair of eyes and just try to go, you know, as unbiased as I possibly can going into the film. So it's something that I, d- I do want to explore more because I do want to I want to see what everybody else sees in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And it's and it's 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 one of those types of films because I know like the life of Brian and then like a lot of other films. There's a couple. What was the other whole or the other Monty Python? Uh,
0: Meaning of life. Meaning
1: of life. Uh, is there life of Brian? Meaning of life. Meaning of life. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's like you kind of want to. I I, I want to rewatch this film. Kind of take it in it from a second sh- you know second viewing of it and kind of just take it in and just kind of just explore you know just kind of expand my um my uh you know. Not knowledge, but appreciation, I should say, for British humor. But like to me, I think that's what shied me away from it, just because it was so like unknown territory. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed it, and I hope you, I hope it encourages you to check out the other Monty yeah. Python movies because actually, really funny Life of Brian is hilarious. Uh, I don't like yeah. me, I don't like Meaning of Life as much, but I do think it's a really funny movie. Uh, and yeah, and uh, yeah, and if you want to check out one about Monty Python, all their stuff is well, not all their stuff, a good amount of stuff on Netflix, including the reunion special they shot like six years ago. It's yeah, check it out. It's a lot lot of laughs. So uh, yeah, like I said, love this movie. One of my favorite comedies of all time, and I'm glad that you. I'm I'm glad that you enjoyed it. So yeah, that's gonna do it for that's gonna do it for uh, us. Russ, you want to give our plugs before we head out?
1: Yeah, Notorious by Chance Facebook group. Go ahead and uh, join our group. Uh, We're over 300 people at the time of uh, you know recording, which is great. Just keeps growing and growing. So we're really thankful for that. Um, get involved there. That's where we put all of our polls up. We're going to be doing our March Madness, our March Madness in quotations. We're going to be reviewing the whole Pirates of the Caribbean uh, five movie franchise. So I think that's going to be kind of fun to tackle that, the good and the bad. I sh- we should say. Um, so go ahead and you know get get involved on that. And then also YouTube, we will be back. Um, I think we already kind of have ideas what we want to do moving forward with our YouTube channel. Um, I think, I, I, I kind of think you want to do the invisible man, maybe I, 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 I,
0: I want to be the invisible man. Yes, I do.
1: Okay. Okay. So good. So I'm trying to probably go see that tonight is what I'm thinking. We're either going to see it tonight, uh, or very, very soon. So yeah, get us on YouTube notorious by chance we, we're going to put up we're going to get more religious on that i know we kind of shied away from it just because i mean we just we're busy people um but we're going to get back on that so all the new releases will be found on the youtube channel so go ahead and subscribe like comment all that fun stuff and yeah facebook facebook is the is the main hub for all that so join the facebook group
0: and you can find me on twitter instagram chance underscore 91 uh, check out my uh, other other podcasts will be starting again after uh, in a few weeks our uh, podcast Pwca podcast a cool acronym. Uh, check out the Schmodown. Uh, free for all uh, free for all live in LA is going down. So if you're gonna be in the area, get tickets. It's gonna be fun. Uh, and yeah, join the Facebook group. Uh, uh, give us a like, subscribe, give us a rating. And uh, yeah, we will see you next week for the start of Pirates Month. So it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting rides. So we'll see you then. Thank you for listening. And bye bye.